you do have personal liberties for yourself and you should be in control of that. But you are a member of society. And as a member of society, reaping all the benefits of being a member of society, you have a responsibility to society. And I think each of us, particularly in the context of a pandemic that's killing millions of people, you have got to look at it and say there comes a time when you do have to give up what you consider your individual right of making your own decision for the greater good of society. Aha! Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, gentlemen. You know who you are over there in the foxhole chat for uh, those encouraging words. Oh boy, what a great way to start off today's report. Oh man, and we do have a report for you to guys. Let me tell you what, one would almost think these technical issues were intentional. But we're not that kind of person here over at the C Report. You know, uh, I, the host, Mr. C, tend to get a little bit paranoid every now and then. But every uh, a patriot, I think, has a healthy smidgen of paranoia to kind of get them to ask that question. So that's where I shall remain. <sighs> but let me tell you guys, we can, uh, let's see here, just jump right into today's topic. I told you guys yesterday... Uh, that we would be doing a um, COVID-specific show for this evening. So I have uh, pulled out as many stops as I could in an amount of time that I think would not go into midnight <laughs> to bring you guys a bit of information, uh, you know, and uh, put a few things together uh, to, you know, give you a nice little COVID package. In fact... Uh, I'm calling tonight's show the COVID-19 Patriot Information Super Spreader uh, because we're going to be talking about a lot of uh, COVID issues, mainly focusing around some of the newest uh, developments in our uh, society, in our nation, uh, and how uh, COVID is affecting us. Uh, but also, for sure, uh, we will also be talking about um, the things that the mainstream media and the uh, government uh, adult scientists and doctors, and also those who are, you know, a little uh, beholden to the almighty paycheck and prestige that comes along with uh, running side by side uh, with the uh, government and other agencies. You know, the, the things that uh, those types of individuals appreciate. We'll be talking about some of the information that they don't want us to know and uh, some of the information that they are desperately trying to suppress and uh, of course, we are going to include with that uh, the fourth installment of the Project Veritas COVID Vax Exposed series. Uh, I thought it uh, went pretty fittingly with tonight's show. So uh, that's just a little bit of stuff to look forward to tonight. Uh, now, uh, before we get started, we are coming to you guys live on this 
the fifth day of October, 2021. It happens to be a Tuesday. And uh, we um, are coming to you live on the foxhole.app, pill.net, twitch.tv, as well as, you guessed it, over at the Clout Hub. And uh, yes, uh, for all of those of you joining us tonight, I appreciate your attendance, your presence, and uh, your spirits. Um, as we get into today's show, I would say, hey, you know, this might be one of those shows that uh, you'll want to spread around a little bit or share with people who you might think are in, uh, interested. Uh, indeed, in this day and time, it's it's kind of hard to tell who's going to be interested. And and even in talking with some of the friends and the family and uh, patriots alike, um, it's it's kind of a... Uh, it's kind of it's kind of a, an agreement that you know um, there are those who will hear and there are those who will not hear, and uh, there are those who definitely have that discernment, and then again there are those that just don't seem to care. One kind of has to wonder, in the face of all of the information that flies out, uh, in, in the face of all of the uh, information that struggles its way to the surface, indeed whether that be by the um, the patience and the uh, the, the long uh, long standing strength of certain doctors or scientists, or the tragedy that some of the family and people of this country and the world have experienced because of this uh, planned pandemic, um, we gotta we gotta we gotta remain steadfast, guys, because we are quickly getting there. I think we're very much getting to that point. You know, uh, I think what some people would maybe consider to be a breaking point uh, where you will not have many people silent for much longer, particularly here in the States. And you're seeing that here already, uh, as you know, even even in some instances, whether it's uh, New York City or it is Las Vegas, Nevada, we have people coming out by the thousands and they're not all particularly America first. MAGA loving patriotic Americans. And you know what? That's okay. That is okay. Because you know what? When it comes down to it, and uh, we are facing that moment that a lot of us uh, anticipate, and, you know, many of us, um, you know, would, uh, would prefer it not to be quite so. Either way it goes, I would rather be standing in a crowd of many like-minded and diverse individuals, regardless of their political affiliation, um, than to be standing there alone. And uh, that's not to say that I would be alone with my brothers and sisters in the love of our country and the restoration of our republic, but we are many and they are few. And uh, an issue like COVID-19 and uh, the way that it has terrorized and the way that it has destroyed our way of life thus far is most definitely an issue that unites us all. So uh, with that, we will uh, be uh, doing a little uh, COVID featurette tonight, the latest news and updates from uh, what's going on around the world and, um, and specifically in the United States regarding COVID. We'll save the uh, Australia COVID stuff for our international news days. And you know, guys, I'm pretty sure you are well aware of what's going on over there. Uh, just one of the uh, stories that we'll pick up on on our international news day um, is, is going to be about uh, how they are clamping down on um, reporting as well as aerial footage of uh, Australia itself, particularly in the um, um, 
in the city areas, you know, because they really do not want the world to see what's going on down there. And, you know, we've seen plenty of the videos over in Australia and the people standing up for their rights. And, you know, at first it was a few hundred, then it became a few thousand. And when you're looking at footage that's on the ground at, you know, eye level, head level, um, it, it can look like a pretty vast swath of individuals, well into the thousands in some instances. Uh, but some of the aerial footage I have seen, man, it is truly thousands of people. And uh, from a couple of weeks ago, where we saw um, cops, you know, fleeing in their vehicles to get away, that story seems to be on repeat mode because we're seeing that more and more the people are going after the authorities, the police officers and the cops. And uh, I think it's quickly become one of those situations where um, any type of armed force realizes that uh, no matter how many weapons they have, when you have a ocean and ocean of people coming at you, um, you're going to run out of bullets at some point. Uh, you're going to run out of your will to do harm to your, your fellow human at some point. And uh, I honestly can only see that escalating. But again, we'll dip into that uh, Australia again on our International News Day, especially since we see a lot of the members, their members of government, uh, they're taking their exits. Now, you got to wonder what's up with that. I know one of them was down per a scandal, but... Uh, I get ahead of myself, ladies and gentlemen, I get ahead of myself. Uh, let's focus on the here and now. And today we'll be talking about uh, this COVID plan pandemic in America. Before we jump into that, let me see what we got going on in the chat room. Now, for those of you who are just jumping in, oh, let me tell you what, I was having these little technical issues. Now, uh, that's why that's why I made that, what is this? That's why I made that comment, uh, you know, oh, it seems like it could have been on purpose. Um, and I know it's not, it was totally me. I was trying to uh, update some of the software that I used this morning and uh, the internet was uh, going bonkers and it got stuck. The, the update got stuck in the uh, communication there somewhere <laughs> and then it refused to work. So, uh, we, but we got it fixed obviously because here I am live and on the air with you guys and uh, ready to get into it. Um, you, because, you know, also another thing is, uh, you know, like YouTube, for example, they are, they are, um, they are going after very specific, uh, um, specific, um, themes or specific, uh, you know, types of, uh, information right now. And uh, I, I'm sure you're very well aware that they do that, of course, with certain words, phrases, and algorithms. Uh, but right now, uh, they are basically deleting anything that, uh, is in regards to COVID and also anything that is in regards to um, 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 election election fraud. Uh, unless it is the 2016 election, they are not going to erase Hillary Clinton's YouTube because you know how much she was going on about election fraud in 2016. So, uh, you know, it seems that, that that is okay to pass as far as they're concerned. But, again, um, uh, <laughs> anyone else has got to go. You can't, you can't sit here. You can't play your movies here, sir. It's kind of what they say. And uh, yeah, you know, like um, I, I have, you know, I have my two or three hour episodes of uh, of the C report. I'm trying to get uploaded on there just so I can like, you know, bounce them onto other platforms. 
just because, you know, YouTube is probably the most compatible with any type of, you know, a web host, web builder, website, etc. And uh, man, you know, I, I may not even have COVID as a story in a report, but if I mention it, there it goes. And uh, yeah, I think I got one more, one more chance from uh, YouTube, right? Like I really want that. Uh, but, uh, and then I have one of those accounts is gone. It's already out the door. Speaking of, uh, speaking of go ogle though, since you know, YouTube is by go ogle. Did you guys catch that story about, uh, uh, I guess it, I guess, I think this one's kind of, uh, hot off the press. Um, go ogle's been, uh, uh, asked to turn in, um, uh, search terms that their users, they're, they're looking for um, uh, user accounts that type in specific search terms. Uh, the federal investigators want that information from GoOgle. That is, uh, hmm, that's, we're getting there, ladies and gentlemen. That's uh, happening a lot quicker than we uh, might've thought it would after it took us what? I don't know, more than my lifetime to get here. Uh, but man, let me tell you what, uh, from, from saying it's coming, it's coming, it's coming to it's here. Well, I mean, it's been here obviously, but, uh, man, you know, uh, it is, uh, it is getting pretty crazy. Uh, all I can say is I am glad that I stopped using go ogle search months ago and, uh, yeah, duck, duck, go. Now don't tell me that duck, duck, go is powered by go ogle. <laughs> And by some weird technical thing, they can actually get all of my search data because, man, am I in trouble if that's the case. But you know what? Come and get me. You know, I am not, you know, I have no fear of that whatsoever. You know, if anything, uh, and you got people would probably uh, look look uh, sideways at me for saying this, but uh, come and get me. Uh, it'll be a, uh, it'll be a great publicity stunt. <laughs> it'll it'll boost the show. Let's do it. Let's do it. Anyways, okay, come and get me. I'm ready. What was I talking about the other day? I was going to go ahead and uh, uh, make a scene on the airplane on the way back from Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, but I got shut down by management. They said, you can't do that, Mr. C. <laughs> okay, let's see who we got in the chat. So let's see who we got in the chat. And then we'll get into today's report because we got a lot of information. I have it on good. Uh, I have it on good. Um, good reason to believe that we may be here in a little bit of overtime, but we'll try and uh, we'll try and cap it at about uh, ten thirty ish, uh, and that would be Central Time. So uh, you know you can figure from where you are where that might be, and uh, so about three hours, hopefully about three hours, and we'll we'll jump right into after I say hello real quick. Pilled by the rabbit, Sean C. Thank you so much for uh, being there for me in my moment of technical need. <laughs> Appreciate your uh, your. Um, Appreciate your uh, sound advice and positive vibes. And uh, let's see here. Who else we got with us tonight? Uh, Mermaid Miss K. Good evening, Mermaid Miss K. How are you doing today? Just V, good to see you, my sweet. And I hope you're doing fine on this evening. Um, uh, the Deep State is um, making Pilled by the Rabbit uh, repeat his lunch, it seems. Awaken Down Under, good evening. How are you doing tonight, Awaken Down Under? Welcome in, Wisconsin on, Wisconsin on, Wisconsin on. I got it right, right? Or is it Wisconsin, Wisconsin on, Wisconsin on. Welcome, good evening, Curious Cat. Good to see you, my friend. And uh, let's see, Mitradate, I know the vaccine jab. I, I always love to read Mitradate's comments. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, 
I know the vaccine jab status of 27 people and all of them took the jab. Oh, that's some pretty good arithmetic you got there, sir. Deductive reasoning of you, sir, is on point. And that is not a pun, my friend. <laughs> Nat Hendy, good evening. Welcome into the C Chats. How are you doing tonight? Thanks for joining us. Make yourself comfy. Where we go one, we go almost definitely. Merkers, how are you doing tonight? Gift in the can and good evening to you as well. Uh, Victoria, thank you for gifting the cookie. Welcome into the C chats. Hope you're doing well tonight. And Blue Rinse at Blue Rinse, my friend. Good evening. And how are you tonight? Awesomeness. Glad to see you all in the house. We don't want to have to bail you out, Mr. C. Oh, no, I would never do that to you guys. <laughs> But you could always set up a GoFundMe. No, just kidding. Uh, just silly. I am just being so silly. But you know, one of the stories that we are going to cover tonight, I mean, uh, it's getting there. It is getting there. We've uh, we've we've touched on it on our channel before here, and uh, not not during the C report, but we have touched on it nonetheless. And uh, man, I'm telling you, it's getting there. It is getting there. Okay. All right, we got a few people hanging out over at Twitch and at Clout Hub. Good evening to you all as well. Let's get into tonight's report because we've got a lot of information to uh, share with you all. And as always, we are going to start with um, President Trump's statements. Now, let me see, because, you know, whenever I was rebooting my uh, my my software, I had to reboot, reboot my entire system. Imagine having like 20 tabs. Look at For those of you in the podcast land, I am showing the audience, how many tabs I use sometimes. This is just for today's show. Like, look at all them tabs. Look at all that. Okay, and I had to reboot the whole computer and hope that none of those got erased. You know, <laughs> it's happened, trust me. So anyways, okay, let's see here. Um, I have a here for me. There we go, perfect. Everything maintained itself the way it should have. Okay, so let's get into President Trump's statements now. Uh, just so you guys are on alert, we do have a brand new Trump interview, but we will be playing that on our next show. Um, and that is because in the interest of time, uh, we'll just get through President Trump, Trump's statements for today. These were uh, late incoming statements. They were um, approximately live, probably a little after 6.30, close to 7. I was literally pulling them up before I got on and discovered all my software had flopped out on me. Uh, but uh, he's got some pretty easy statements for us today, guys. They are all endorsements. First endorsement coming from President Trump here is for one Kevin Sparks. Uh, Kevin Sparks, ladies and gentlemen. And now this is the man. Let's figure out who he is because I had no idea. Uh, it says, uh, Kevin Sparks of the great state of Texas is running against Rhino, Texas Senator Kel Seliger, who is not helpful to our great MAGA movement and, in fact, seems like the Texas version of Mitt Romney. Ha! And that is not good. No, I would not want to be compared to Mittens at all. Uh, Kevin is a businessman, loves the people of Midland and West Texas, must win in order to protect our oil and gas workers, defend our southern border, our military and our vets, and fight for our America First policies. Kevin Sparks has my complete and total endorsement. And, you know, um, sometimes when, uh, you know, President Trump gives out endorsements and he kind of starts lift, listing off 
all of those uh, all of those qualities that we seek in our leaders. Uh, you know, sometimes it seems like it's a little phoned in, but uh, everything on that list would apply here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, from the uh, oil and gas of West Texas. That's where we've got majority of our uh, oil fields and uh, natural resources coming from there to our southern border. You better believe he would be on that border as well. Um, to our military and vets, we have some major air bases over there out in that area. So most definitely we would want an America First MAGA Patriot in that office. And, um, you know, Kevin Sparks, uh, let's get you to sign that decertification letter as well if you get in. Kind of noticed there was only one Texas representative on that list that Wendy Rogers uh, has been growing and growing. It seems she started with 50. She's almost up to 100 United States representatives uh, that have uh, signed on to um, um, decertify uh, the state of Arizona, as well as um, uh, uh, initiate what a canvas in all states and um, an audit. Now, Steve, Steve Toth is the only uh, Texan who signed up for that, guys. And I wonder if it's because all of the representatives here in Texas, uh, both Senate and House, uh, feel like, hey, Trump won this uh, this past election in Texas, and uh, we already have a forensic audit going on. All right, guys, I already told you that Texas forensic audit is not a full and thorough audit by any means. It is a long shot. Spread that news far and wide, ladies and gentlemen. They need to know. And the people of Texas need to know. In fact, that just reminded me, I need to get in, in touch with some people here um, because uh, I'm not talking about the representatives and senators. They already got a piece of my mind, uh, but some other organizations here that could possibly be useful at spreading that information because, man, guys, we stand to lose a lot. And uh, Texas is going to look really bad if they let that go through. And uh, I don't know if I could ever forgive them for it. All right. The next uh, individual that President Trump is endorsing, another Texas lad, kind of looks like uh, JR from when Raw was war <laughs> back in the day. Uh, you, if you know, you know, right? Anyways, so uh, this dude's name is Pete Flores. Pete Flores will be a great state senator for the terrific people of Central Texas. I miss Central Texas so much, guys. I love Central Texas. Um, it says, uh, with 27 years in strong law enforcement, Pete will stand for law and order, loves our military and our vets, and will fight to secure our border. Pete is strong on our Second Amendment and will fight for low taxes. Pete Flores has my complete and total endorsement for the Texas Senate. Way to go, Pete Flores. I wish you were my representative, but uh, here I am in South Central Texas. It's an amazing difference how much 80 to 90 miles can make. Amazing. Even in culture. All right. Who's that man? This man is the man they call Jeff Deal. Jeff Deal. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's, it's Deal, right? Uh, he is the Republican gubernatorial candidate. Jeff Deal of Massachusetts. He looks very much forward to his run against Rhino Governor Charlie Baker, who has done nothing for the Republican Party and has driven Massachusetts energy costs into by far the highest in the nation. Monthly electric bills and all else 
are not even close to being where they should be. Baker is bad on crime, disrespects our police, does nothing for our veterans, has totally botched the vaccination rollout, presided over the collapse of the MBTA, and has seen crime go to record levels. His green climate views are fresh and out of the AOC playbook. That's pretty damning. He has totally abandoned the principles of the Republican Party, never cutting taxes and undermining our agenda. Baker is definitely not an American first or make America great again kind of guy. Jeff Deal, on the other hand, is a true patriot a believer in low energy costs and our independent energy policy, which was just obliterated by the Biden administration with energy costs soaring. Jeff is strong on crime, election integrity, our now under siege southern border, loves our military, and has a big focus on taking care of our vets. Jeff Deal will be an outstanding governor for the state of Massachusetts. And it is my honor to give him my complete and total endorsement. All right, Jeffrey boy, you have Trump's honor. You better do good. <laughs> you better do good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to tonight's main topic. Hope you're ready. We will be talking all about coronavirus, COVID-19, that's coronavirus 2019, or I should say coronavirus disease 2019, uh, for uh, members of the audience in uh, general America that may not have known that that's what that stands for. They're like, ooh, it's called COVID. I'm like, they're all called COVID with a year after a hyphenation. Anyways, okay, enough being smart, Mr. C. So yes, yeah, so COVID-19, um, you know, uh, just just beginning to call it as it is, just saying it like it is, you know, here, here we see um, a genuine and manufactured disease that has been released upon the people of the world to affect every human in every country, in every nation, at least uh, where we have that documentation, uh, not to contradict myself, but uh, you know, I have heard that some undeveloped countries don't even have COVID. So anyways, but uh, to be sure in all of the developed nations, all of those nations whose uh, pillars of uh, strength in, in, in uh, security, uh, finance, uh, you know, in uh, population growth, in, in health rates, in education, Oh, no, none of them have escaped quite the wrath unless uh, unless their government figured it out and, uh, you know, uh, deplatformed COVID-19, kind of like Norway did recently. Yeah, the ones who literally uh, wake up and stop putting up with this BS pandemic. Now, that is, that is uh, that, you know, it is on the semantics, it is on the uh, wordiness, it is on the technicalities that most people who are proponents of COVID-19 and said pandemic will try to uh, fight or try to deflect or try to defend their own personal beliefs, which all of us here in this audience have learned at this point, their beliefs are not based on any type of fact. Their belief is not even remotely based on any type of scientific research that they themselves 
have actually learned and gleaned on their own. No, most of them parrot the talking points of their friends and their family, of the fear that is instilled in them by their bosses, by their teachers, by authorities, by doctors, and also, of course, we can't forget, by the media, whether that's via television, that's via streaming services, or that's via the internet, all forms of media that these individuals pick up seem to have inflicted them with that fear that they are so apt and willing to participate in. In fact, a lot of the individuals who rail against individuals such as myself and others who choose not to believe in this fake pandemic, who choose not to submit to the um, grounding effects that fear can bring upon our heart, our soul, and our spirit, and the destruction that that can bring to our mind and our body, they rail against us because of that. And uh, all of that... Um, animus and all of that emotion that they have, in fact, is just that. It is based on emotion, an emotion that is seated in fear and is desperately trying to control other people's emotions, perspectives, and thereby their thoughts and their actions. And that is where we are. And that is to uh, that is to the success of the people who have manufactured this entire event, this entire crisis, something that they have probably dreamed about since the you know since the times of uh, 1984. And I'm not talking about the year; I'm talking about the book, and that takes us back to the 1940s and 50s. And we know, ladies and gentlemen, that that narrative, along with all of the other like minds of that generation who wrote their post-apocalyptic technocratic type of filth, came from times even before that. So this dream that we see living today of those who would want to subjugate us to their will and strip us of our freedom and destroy our humanity is quite a long-lived fantasy that perhaps the people who seeded in the first place are no longer alive to watch. But through the eyes of their offspring, through the eyes of their children, through their brood, their dream lives today, okay? So we've seen a lot of stuff come out of COVID-19 from its beginning. We've seen the world react almost as a single unit when it first hit the scene and we've seen it uh we've seen how it's affected everyone from uh from from you know the lockdowns uh to the uh, separation to the isolation and that's just the beginning because uh the fear factor was the most important thing because guess what when they hit us with this planned pandemic when they hit us with this fake pandemic Real manufactured disease, that's right, it's a real disease, but here's the caveat. It was manufactured in a lab, and it was uh, released to mankind, okay? And uh, we're learning now that it happened much earlier than what was reported back in uh, 2020, late 2019. Uh, but, um, you know, at the beginning, the fear factor and the isolation was most definitely the important thing. Because people with discerning minds and discerning hearts and guts, they knew 
and 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 uh, with with a uh, with support from those scientists and doctors who also had that discernment in their spirit, but also the heart not to um, allow such things to happen through those very, very few and sparse reportings of doctors and scientists who were saying, this is just not right. I remember, you know, listening to the radio and hearing all of this uh, panic. And then uh, some doctor would come on and we're talking like April, 2020. We're talking like late March, 2020. And we already had doctors then saying, we have to, we cannot self-isolate. You know how bad that is for the immune system and, and how much worse it is created by the, uh, by the spirit and by the emotion that uh, comes with this isolation. It just drives your body down. And, you know, the idea of herd immunity was thrown out there way back in March and April before this, when this thing just kicked off, you know? And so the fear was very important, ladies and gentlemen. And the fear was important because doctors, scientists, and people who had that discernment knew that there was nothing to fear about this coronavirus, okay? There was nothing to fear about coronavirus disease 2019. Um, and as time moved along, what we learned was, of course, that, uh, well, you know, it's not as deadly as they're saying. As time moved along, we learned, of course, well, it seems that uh, there are reports coming out about uh, hospitals and funerals, you know, inflating their numbers. And as time moved along, we uh, found out that, uh, you know, doctors and, uh, you know, hospitals were receiving uh, government money, almost as if a payout for taking in people by this uh, manufactured disease and assisting them. As time moved along, we found out all of the uh, elements of a true sham were unfolding. But here's the thing. They had the world in a vice grip of fear. And that was important because they would need that fear so that when they rolled out their answer to this disease, the people would take it without question. That brings us to the middle of the story. And of course, we know now, more so than ever, what this answer, this cure, this vaccine, this gene therapy inoculation has done, can do, and will do to the people who have taken it. And at the same time, we don't even know what it's going to do. And that's the scary point. And that brings us to today, ladies and gentlemen. That brings us to today. Uh, because after all, you know, we, uh, we're still living in the era of the COVID-19. And uh, we're still living amidst uh, this great swath of fear, although uh, methinks that uh, it's not as uh, it's not as it's not as potent as it was before. We've seen we've seen waves of defeat and victory since 2020 on the COVID-19 front and the powers that be the elite establishment of the political, pharmaceutical, financing, and business worlds, at least specifically, 
and you got the military right under them, riding on their coattails. They, my friends, they are the ones who are still pushing this. And they are the ones who are seeking for every single one of those viewers out there to submit to their will. It's like we just played with that Dr. Fauci, Fraudchi, his little comment there. That crystallizes the entire point of this operation. It crystallizes the entire point of this PSYOP, this psychological operation that has turned into a real-world kinetic type of detrimental um, um, uh, self-destruction of humanity. And indeed, they're allowing us to destroy ourselves, guys. We're doing it by our own choice. And that's because we might be coerced by fear, but it is most definitely our choice if we're going to accept that vaccine, but perhaps not for too much longer. Because after all, we see it happening. The mandates are going out across the world. They're slowly trickling their way to America. Oh, wait, let's not forget. We already see people sacrificing their lives in order to maintain their security. They got the world where they want it, but they don't have all of us. So what are some of the uh, things going on right now with COVID? Now, there's most definitely some topics that uh, we will be jumping into. Uh, you know, a, a brief rundown of some of the events. Let's take this, for example. Now, I don't know who this fool is, okay? Because I, you know, I'm terrible, terrible when it comes to uh, modern day celebrities and all that hula. But uh, apparently this guy's name is uh, Mark Elliott Pilcher or Pitch Pitcher, Pitcher, his last name. Like I said, I don't know who he is. Apparently he's an Academy Award winner. No, 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 an Emmy Award winner. He's a celebrity. He's one of those people that's out in that sphere of things. Uh, Bridgerton. I don't know what that is. Someone out there, I don't know. Uh, uh, Joe and Dan 69, Dan Dangus, uh, three blockchain. Good evening. Uh, maybe you guys might know who this is. I don't. I'm not going to ask anyone at the foxhole because, <laughs> because uh, yeah. Anyway, so this dude here, this dude here attends the uh, 73rd Emmy Awards in Los Angeles. You know, the one where celebrities don't have to mask up for because they have special privileges. Well, this man who also was doubly vaccinated, should we say fully vaccinated? I don't know if he got his booster shot, honestly, but, uh, you know, he went to the Emmy Awards and dies two weeks later from COVID-19. Now... That's a symptom right there of something. I mean, obviously, uh, a, a symptom of death is that uh, he's no longer with us. But for uh, someone who's been double vaccinated to die of COVID. Now, it didn't say that he died from the COVID shot. Because that's another story for tonight. But he died of COVID-19. I don't know what variant it was. By the looks of him, it was probably the Lambda variant. But what's up with that? Because the first thing that a lot of people don't seem to remember, and, and perhaps that's why uh, the, um, the, the target age for this COVID pandemic was the boomer generation. You know, if I were trying to plan world domination 
And I didn't want people to remember anything about how to fight or the way things were or, you know, the fact or how vaccines work. I would I would eliminate everyone that was of a certain age. I'd be like, well, they're the ones that remember that polio vaccines worked or they're the ones that remember that measles and mumps vaccines work. They're the ones that remembered that vaccines work a certain way. We need to get rid of them because they have the memory. Now, I'm not saying that uh, the COVID-19 specifically targeted certain age groups, because obviously another thing that people tend to forget out there in general America is that uh, there are certain, uh, you know, preconditions or, or uh, pre-health conditions that can most definitely be exacerbated by a very strong flu like COVID-19. And again, you know, the comorbidities and the likes were also things that were underreported, as have been documented since March 2020, when we're talking about the number of deaths due to COVID-19. In fact, those with pre-existing health conditions or comorbidities far outweighed those who died of actual COVID-19. Mark Elliott Pitcher would be in a very exclusive death club for COVID-19 where there were no comorbidities and there were no pre-existing health conditions. However, he would not be in such an exclusive club as those who are fully vaxxed and have died. Because that number, ladies and gentlemen, is growing every day. Let's see what else we got here. Oh, you're going to hate me for putting that on the screen. There you go. There's that, uh, there's that fraudulent, cheating, treasonous American himself. That's right. The uh, socialist Democrat, the, uh, <laughs> I was going to say the Nazi, but is that going too far? Gavin Gruesome Newsome. What's going on in Gruesome Newsome's neck of the woods? Look at, look at that sign behind him. His campaign victory. Vax for the win, winners. I bet you all of the left-leaning liberals and all of the socialist Democrats were quite happy and felt like they were on the winning team. And they're like, heh, I didn't even vote for him this time. Yeah. But um, let's see here. A Los Angeles Times reports um, Gavin Gruesome Newsome is taking the first action in the nation in regards to issuing a mandate that requires all eligible public and private school children in the state of California to be vaccinated against COVID-19, a policy the state expects to affect millions of students. The mandate would take effect for grades 7 through 12 the semester following the United States Food and Drug Administration's full approval of the vaccination or the vaccine for children ages 12 and over. Now, according to the governor's office, students in kindergarten through sixth grade would be phased in after the vaccine is formally approved for younger children. Mandatory, okay? Mandatory. Wait till we get to the side effects and known reactions and causations of this vaccine later on in the show, and uh, we'll see how... Gruesome Newsom's going to fare with the parents of California. At this point, it's 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 going through, but uh, they still have a little bit of time. 
uh, because um, uh, I believe the uh, 12 and over was recently approved in California. So it says, uh, it says that uh, the mandate could take effect for students 12 and older as early as January 2022. Okay, so not quite yet, but almost there. And uh, that is if there's federal approval of the COVID-19 vaccine for that age range. And that was um, a statement from the governor from his office in San Francisco. So uh, did y'all guys emergency alert system just go off? Because mine did. All right. What else is what else is top of the mind and real quick to talk about here tonight? Uh, oh, yeah. Let's talk about this one. You guys remember, of course, the uh, Biden mandate that everyone shall be vaccinated, right? And uh, that's affecting a lot of people, obviously. No one, no one in the history of the United States of America has more effectively cut down the government branch of employees, right? Cut the government in a quarter to a half as effectively as Joe Biden has. Now, that should be a feather in one's cap, but look at what he has done. He has uh, taken an extreme overreach of federal government and tried to force individuals to put something into their body without even knowing the side effects or without even knowing the ingredients. Ladies and gentlemen, by all means, this is Nuremberg standards of experimental. And uh, Biden seems to think that he can get away with it. And never mind the fact that the uh, population uh, in terms of uh, in terms of um, uh, um, in terms of uh, uh, groups and people, I'm trying to think of the word of it, uh, but uh, and never mind that the population that will be suffering the most from this will be minority groups. And what is the outcome here? Loss of jobs, loss of security, or violation of one's own rights and body. All in all, these it's a total violation of everyone's right on any side of the coin. Whether that person decides to take the jab under duress of losing their security and their job, or that person decides to stand their ground and not take that inoculation, their rights are still violated. Minorities the most, guys. Minorities the most, because... Um, I don't, I don't know if it's genetic or not, but it seems that Caucasians are the biggest group of individuals who have taken this vaccine. Current audience excluded, of course, over there at Foxhole and uh, pilled with much love. But, um, you know, a new, a new memo came out from the Office of Personnel and Management. And uh, it's interesting because um, a, a lot of people are kind of like, well... Uh, he, he passed these, uh, these executive orders and uh, says they're going to go into effect at some point. And uh, there's a question of how it's going to be reinforced and all of this other stuff. But uh, that's, that's two sides of the coin there because you got the private sector and the public sector. Well, in regards to the public, the Office of Personnel Management issued a statement stating that Biden's vaccine mandate um, which was announced last month for federal workers can be and probably will be enforced in November. 
giving employees about a month to get the uh, coronavirus gene therapy inoculation. Uh, now, they had a memo released. Let's take a look at that real quick. And uh, this again, here's a memorandum from the uh, Office of Personnel Management. It says, uh, on September 9th, 2021, President Biden signed Executive Order 14043 titled Requiring a Coronavirus Disease to... Whoa, what did I do? I flipped it. My bad. There we go. Apologies. Let me go ahead and uh, we'll expand that one more time. Okay. And here we go. Um, okay. As it says, uh, Requiring Coronavirus Disease 2019 Vaccination for Federal Employees... As stated in Section 1 of the EO, the president has determined that in order to promote the health and safety of the workforce and the efficiency of the civil service, it is necessary for all agencies to require COVID-19 vaccination for federal employees covered by EO 14043 subject only to such exceptions as required by law. As directed in the EO, the Safer Federal Workforce Task Force established by EO 13991, Task forces issued guidance to assist agencies with implementing the vaccination requirement. That guidance specifies that agencies should require all of their employees with exceptions only as required by law to be fully vaccinated by November 22nd, 2021. People are considered fully vaccinated two weeks after their second shot in a two-dose series or two weeks after a single-shot series. In order to have covered federal employees vaccinated by November 22, 2021, agencies should inform employees of the following scheduling considerations based on the type of the vaccine they obtain. And I won't go into the rest of that there. It's just, uh, you know, if you got a Pfizer, Pfizer if you got a Johnson & Johnson, if you got a Moderna. Um, and then, of course, it does say uh, right here. Uh, of course, it is advisable not to leave vaccinations to the last possible date, as other events often interfere with the, uh, even well-laid plans. Employees who refuse to be vaccinated or provide proof of vaccination are subject to disciplinary measures, up to and including removal or termination from federal service. The only exception is, uh, exception is for individuals who receive a legally required exception pursuant to established agency processes, Given this timeline, agencies may initiate the enforcement process as soon as November 9th, 2021 for employees not completed their vaccination doses by November 8th. The attached provides additional guidance for federal agencies and employees on the recommended approach. A, approached, um, approach agencies uh, should take uh, regarding enforcement of the coronavirus disease 2019 inoculation requirement. Agencies should consult with agency human resources offices and legal counsel to determine application of agency disciplinary policies and collective bargaining agreement requirements on that matter. <coughs> Pardon me. So, uh, yeah, this looks like it's ready to roll out, ladies and gentlemen, for federal workers. And that's not to mention that we're already hearing about... Uh, you know, uh, families of federal workers being required to get their vaccine. Can you see how far that overreach is creeping into the homes of private citizens in this country? It's getting there, ladies and gentlemen. It's getting there. That moment that some of you people are waiting for, it's getting there. All right. Uh, what else do we got? We have uh, New York teachers protesting 
Talk about the overreach. Talk about people who are going to lose their job. It's already happening, America. For those of you who may not be aware, uh, we've had thousands of uh, teachers across the country, really, that this has happened to. Probably tens of thousands that this has already happened. In New York City alone, uh, just uh, this past Monday, I believe, we saw thousands of unvaccinated New York City teachers um, they were all placed in um, unpaid leave after a citywide mandate went into effect. Now, this is happening right now, guys. This is where we're seeing the people wake up much more. I mean, hey, I, I would rather the people don't wake up to, uh, to uh, a government overreach where their lives or their um, security is suddenly, you know, uh, called to question just the same as I would rather they not wake up to Nicki Minaj. I would rather they wake up because they have done their own research and through their own discernment and their own thought process have found the answer. But unfortunately, that's not where we are for the majority of general America. The majority of general America does not do that. Uh, you know, they just want to live and have a good life and do their thing. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. There's nothing wrong with that. But because of that uh, choice or because of that natural way of existing, um, it, it takes something like this occurring to get everyone on every side and every party standing together to say, no, you're not going to do that. And uh, that seems to be the case as an example through this rally that was happening in New York City. Again, a citywide mandate went into effect um, according to the United Federation of Teachers, about 97% of teachers and other school staff represented by the union got the vaccine. The United Federation of Teachers President uh, Michael Mulgrew confirmed in a news conference on Monday. So 3% approximately went unvaxxed and you have thousands of them gathering in New York City in one place at one time. That's still a lot of people. That's still a lot of people. But of course, from uh, federal agencies to, uh, you know, the halls of education, probably one of the worst that we're seeing and one of the most confounding, by the way, would be the healthcare vaccine mandates, which make absolutely no sense when one knows how this uh, fake pandemic genuinely manufactured disease works. Now, with all of the information that has been suppressed and has still managed to get its way out to see the light of day, if general America were able to embrace this knowledge and set aside any preconceived notions set aside any bias, set aside any type of wall that prevents them from actually obtaining this accurate knowledge, the heads of the healthcare industry would be rolling, okay? Because no one would put up with this. No doctor at any level, no nurse, no staff member at any level would put up with this kind of flagrant abuse of human rights and civil rights. It's, it's the worst. 
when you have a pandemic, supposedly, but it's all planned this way, to begin firing those who were there to assist and help and save in the first place? Quite honestly, I am ready, so ready to see the amount of whistleblower blowback that we will see from this. Because imagine of all of those doctors that chose not to get vaccinated, of all of those nurses and staff members who opted not to take an experimental gene therapy inoculation, how many of them do you think went along with the story just to secure their paycheck? And how do you think they feel now? I'm waiting for it. Now, in regards to healthcare workers and by way of example of what we're talking about, again, taking us back to the state of New York, we see that their largest healthcare provider, Northwell Health, has fired, and this is just one hospital system, 1,400 employees who refused to get the COVID-19 inoculations. According to um, the spokesman by the name of Joe Kemp, as with other healthcare companies, they have recently terminated workers for not complying with vaccine mandates. The fired employees represent a small percentage of Northwell's workforce of more than 76,000, all of whom are now inoculated with the experimental vaccine. Now, Northwell, they announced their mandate back in August, which was actually weeks before the state required it. But the company's mandate extended to both clinical and non-clinical workers. And uh, the spokesman Kemp said the terminations will have no impact on patient care at Northwell's 23 hospitals and other facilities. But that statement alone, ladies and gentlemen, makes me wonder because that was that was that was the uh, that was the uh, the quick rundown of some things. Now we're going to start to dig a bit because when you have a uh, healthcare system or a healthcare system of hospitals firing this many employees or more during a supposed pandemic, and then all of a sudden you start to see staff shortages. I'm actually uh, quite heartened to note that uh, Northwell will not, the Northwell Health will not be, uh, you know, understaffed because we already know what the scenario is from uh, Governor Hochul over there in New York State. We already know that she is calling in the National Guard to go and fill in the spots of their understaffed hospitals and their understaffed clinics. And I suppose wherever else they will be. Now, we've seen the National Guard come out and uh, put their boots on the ground of American soil to assist uh, an example of when the uh, planned pandemic first struck America and its uh, bio warfare. But, um, you know, that was uh, that was another time. That was another place. That was when um, the the judgment of, you know, good hearted Americans could be toyed with since you had that uh, game of fear that was so aptly being spread all around. Now we're in, another day. we're in another day, we're in another place, we're in another time. We're in a place where a lot of us have not only sought out and received, but have found 
the truth in regards to what's going on. And maybe it's not the whole truth about, you know, the origins of coronavirus disease 19, or, or maybe it's not the whole truth about what exactly the coronavirus disease 19 gene therapy inoculations will do to us. Maybe it's not the whole truth about its side effects. Maybe it's not the whole truth about the number of deaths. Maybe it's not the whole truth about uh, the types of illnesses that come off of it or what will happen to us in the future if we accept to take it. But what we do know is a good fraction, a good whole fraction, a good fractional pieces, enough pieces of the puzzle to see the picture even without it being complete. And that is that these vaccines are not vaccines, is that these vaccines are inoculations. They are not safe. They are experimental. And the other piece of the picture that we can see, even though all the pieces have not completed that puzzle yet, is that the government is using this to overreach their control on a free sovereign nation to what end we can speculate, but a lot of us have a good idea in our own mind. But this is part of the picture here, okay? And uh, we can take pieces of the puzzle from Australia, we can take pieces of the puzzle from France, and we can see where this will go. We can take pieces of the puzzle from Canada, we can see where this will go in America very quickly. We can take pieces in the puzzle from uh, some of the uh, mid, um, um, uh, the, the, Eastern, Eastern, uh, you know, Asian countries, you know, or, or, you know, or let's take a piece of the puzzle from Australia and let's look at what the people are doing now. They are having to stand up against their government, those whom they thought were there to serve and protect, those whom they thought were there to govern in their will as a placeholder for what they wanted of their nation. But that's not what they got. That's not what we have. The, t the point is getting there. Now, in regards to this uh, National Guard rollout, like I said, New York, Governor Holchel, she's all for it. You know, she's already she's like, we made this crisis and we are going to fix this crisis by bringing in armed troops. Well, maybe they won't be armed, but yeah, what are the odds that they won't be? Well, New York is no longer the only state to be doing just that. Now we're seeing the state of Connecticut is getting ready to deploy the National Guard to address staffing shortages due to these uh, vaccine mandates that seem to have left them with no one to help patients. Uh, gov uh, Connecticut's governor has directed the National Guard to replace state employees who will be placed on unpaid leave starting next week due to their non-compliance with COVID-19 vaccine mandate. That's this loser here. His name is uh, Governor Le Ned Lamont. Look at, look at Ned there. He looks like he's had a lot of sleepless nights, maybe. He looks pretty tired. He looks pretty tired. Now, Governor Ned Lamont, a Democrat, announced on Wednesday of last week that he has directed executive branch state agencies to prepare for placing their employees on unpaid leave between 
October 5th and October 11th if they do not provide a proof of vaccine, a COVID-19 vaccination, or they do not comply with weekly testing requirements. Uh, Lamont stated the Connecticut, the Connecticut, the Connecticut National Guards, um, I apologize, Lamont instructed the Connecticut National Guards Major General uh, Francis Even to prepare for the deployment of the National Guard if state agencies that provide critical health and safety services become short of staff. Now, if deployed, uh, qualified members of the Connecticut National Guard would supplement the operation of those understaffed state agencies until replacement employees are hired or employees placed on unpaid leave comply with the vaccine mandate. That's kind of sad, right? They're like, uh, we're not going to fire you, but we are going to place you on uh, unpaid leave so that after you start to feel the sting of no paycheck after a couple of weeks or a month, you can come crying back and you can, can get your, your uh, experimental vaccine and you will just comply like a good submissive little boy or girl. Good boy. Good girl. Get your shots. Ooh, man. Makes me upset. Uh, let's see. So Ned Lamont uh, had this statement released. We'll go ahead and expand that for you guys. Um, it says here, government, uh, Governor Lamont directs state agencies to prepare for staffing shortages. Uh, he calls on the National Guard to plan for state of active or, uh, for state active duty deployment if needed. Governor, Governor Lamont said today that he was directing executive branch state agency heads to prepare for their employees to be placed on unpaid leave starting next week due to non-compliance with executive orders requiring COVID-19 vaccination or testing. State employees have until 11.59 p.m. on Monday, October 4th, yesterday, to provide proof of vaccination or compliance with weekly testing requirements. State agencies will begin to place non-complaint employees, non-compliant, it says complaint, um, employees on unpaid leave as soon as Tuesday, October 5th, but no later than Monday, October 11th. Thousands of state employees have submitted their required documentation already this week. As of this afternoon, more than 20,000 or 63% have indicated they are fully vaccinated. Nearly 4,000, 12% have started weekly testing and just over 8,000, 25% are still in non-compliant status, a reduction of over 2,000 in the past two days. To prepare for possible staffing shortages, Governor Lamont has instructed Major General Francis Evan to begin planning for Connecticut National Guard activation. In the, uh, in the event agencies that provide critical health and safety services need assistance, Members of the Connecticut National Guard may be deployed under state active duty to support operations until replacement employees can be hired or non-compliant employees come into compliance. And then uh, Governor Lamont has a bunch of hopes and optimism for the future here, I guess. Optimistic that he will uh, get his state under control and into submission is probably the only thing he's really optimistic on. And, you know, we all have our own ideas about this entire National Guard thing. 
whether that is uh, uh, leave it to the deep state and the globalists to fix their own problem with the problem or, you know, fix their own created crisis, their self-manufactured crisis. Um, I just hope, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that what we do not see here is, um, you know, um, uh, utilizing um, the forces like the National Guard to uh, to enact uh, forced inoculations. Because uh, from what I understand, some of these National Guardsmen will be receiving training on how to assist in a hospital situation. That's not to say that they don't already have units that do that, but uh, with the number they may need to fill those spots, they will have to be doing some training. Now, the training for the hospital situation will be learned, of course, uh, but when it comes to crowd control and use of force, I'm pretty sure that they got that down already. Now, I don't, I don't see that as being a, um, I don't see that as being a fast developing situation or outcome. I mean, it would be pretty foolish of the deep state to try and pull that off when they only have the National Guard issued into two separate states individually for the purposes of filling hospital staff. I mean, I would think, uh, you know, more than half the states would have to have that going on. You know what I mean? Uh, but, you know, it, it's a bone worth throwing out there so that we can deflect that idea with our intention and our spirit and our prayers. Um, the COVID-19 vaccine mandate um, in Connecticut was enacted in mid-August, and it requires all state employees and staff of all children or child care facilities and pre-K through 12 schools statewide to receive at least one dose uh, by September 27th. So that uh, deadline is well passed. The governor's executive order allowed for medical and religious exemptions from the vaccination that would be granted on an individualized case-by-case -case basis. Exempted employees are required to undergo mandatory weekly testing against the, the, um, the uh, coronavirus, the uh, genuinely manufactured COVID-19. And uh, the state hospitals and long-term care employees were not given any type of exemption option or exemption from testing in lieu of the vaccination. So uh, yeah, that deadline was yesterday. I'm sure by tomorrow we'll start hearing some news from that, or maybe it'll be until the 11th. Maybe some of these hospitals are hoping that people will start getting these, uh, submitting to these inoculations uh, because they don't wanna lose their job. All right, let's talk about the uh, National School Boards Association. National School Boards is what the heck do these guys have to do with anything when uh, we have all these teachers getting fired, right? Well, perhaps the National School Boards Association is going to fight for the rights of their educators. Or maybe not. Because as it turns out, the National School Boards Association is actually uh, asking, they're, they're, they're um, deploring, they're, they're begging the Biden regime to treat parents who protest against 
masks and vaccines as domestic terrorists. More sellouts of humanity, right? More sellouts of humanity. Now, they can't officially sell their soul if they have no conscience or soul or moral compass to begin with. I mean, just short of, you know, the devil actually appearing and handing them a contract. But this is crazy, okay? The National Organization of Public School Boards is calling on the Biden regime to protect its members from angry mobs of parents who protest against COVID-19 restrictions placed on students and the teaching of critical race theory. Also, they want the Biden regime to characterize these protests as domestic terrorism. Because Lord knows a bunch of patriots follow all of these national school board members around the halls and down to the bathroom and uh, rag at her while they're taking, you know, uh, relieving themselves. Yeah, you know, patriots do that, right? Oh, it's not, that's domestic terrorism. Yeah, they, they were making me scared to use the bathroom. Do you know that is that is dangerous? <laughs> Goodness. The National School Boards Association, which represents more than 90,000 school board members in the United States, and these are school board members. They're not even teachers. They're probably not even superintendents. I don't know. Are superintendents required to sit on every school board? Aren't school boards made up of like a mix of teachers and parents and different people like that from the community? Anyways, uh, it says here, um, uh, the uh, they represent more than 90,000 school board members in the United States, and they wrote a letter to illegitimate joke Biden um, that uh, the federal government needed to deal with the growing number of threats of violence and acts of intimidation occurring across the nation. Specifically, it seems that the NSBA has asked the federal agencies such as the FBI, the Secret Services, and the Departments of Justice and Homeland Security to investigate intercept and prevent the current threats and acts of violence by whatever extraordinary measures says the national school boards association necessary don't believe me let's see what they had to say themselves well here we go ladies and gentlemen it's the nsba writing to illegitimate joke hoping that he will be able to comprehend their words what do they got to say here? Let's see. Can you hear with that? It says, uh, Dear Mr. President Select, America's public schools and its educational leaders are, an, are under an immediate threat. The National School Boards Association respectfully asks for federal law enforcement and other assistance to deal with the growing number of threats of violence and acts of intimidation occurring across the nation. Local school board members want to hear from their communities on important issues, and that must be at the forefront of good school board governance and promotion of free speech. However, there also must be safeguards in place to protect public schools and dedicated education leaders as they do their jobs. 
NSBA believes immediate assistance is required to protect our students, school boards, and educators who are susceptible to acts of violence affecting interstate commerce because of threats to their districts, families, and personal safety. As our school board continue coronavirus recovery operations within their respective districts, they are also preserving against or persevering against the uh, other challenges that could impede this process, progress in a number of communities. Coupled with attacks against school board members and educators for approving policies for masks to protect the health and safety of students and school employees, Many public school officials are also facing physical threats because of propaganda purporting the false inclusion of critical race theory within classroom instruction and curricula. This propaganda continues despite the fact that critical race theory is not taught in public schools and remains a complex law school and graduate school subject well beyond the scope of K-12 through class. That's not to say that our SJW progressive teachers who happen to come from the millennial generation are not going to attempt to try and slip that into the curriculum anyway. On behalf of our state associations and the more than 90,000 school board members who govern our country's 14,000 local public school districts, educating more than 50 million school children, NSBA appreciates your leadership to end the proliferation of COVID-19 in our communities and our school districts. We also appreciate recent discussions with White House and U.S. Department of Education staff on many critical issues facing public schools, including threats school officials are receiving. Wow, 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 wow. Okay, like, we're just gonna, yeah, all right, uh, we'll, we'll get to these threats of violence and just, I just got something to say real quick. Hi, my name's Mr. C, and I've got something to say, okay? You see why the element of fear was so important at the beginning of this, at the very onset of this entire planned pandemic, when they first threw out this bio-warfare, um, genuinely manufactured disease to inflict all America and the world, fear was very important because they realized that if we could really push that fear factor, we could not only get away with uh, inoculating everyone mandatorily or willingly with this uh, uh, experimental gene therapy inoculation, we would have the people who eat out of our palm and who are power hungry and driven by fear or ego to do what we want and to push the issues that we need and to secure the obedience of the people that we are mandating to happen. And this is a good example of the pandering sycophantic and also either ignorant or, or I mean, it's ignorant or sycophantic. It's one or the other, you know, like I imagine, okay, I imagine Mr. C, put yourself in the seat of a school board member, an educator, Someone who cares for the children and for their well-being. Not that I don't care for, you know, their well-being. But what if I were just acting on the information that I accept as reality that's given to me by very specific and few outlets 
avenues, venues of information. And uh, I surrounded myself with like-minded people, my friends, my family, my neighbors, and they all were the same way. And we just bounced all of this fear and misinformation off of ourselves. But I am a good-hearted, well-meaning human being. I just want to do what's right for my community because I, bah, I believe it <laughs> in my heart, okay? I believe it in my heart, bah. But it's easy to think, you know, they could send a letter like this asking to take any extreme measure necessary to, uh, to, to label protests uh, of concerned parents for the sovereignty and the decision making of their own child's health and, and well-being and life path as a terrorist, <laughs> as a, a, a homegrown domestic terrorist. Well-meaning. I'm a well-meaning human being, but uh, they're, they're starting to scare me. They're starting to scare me a little bit more than COVID-19 because they can hurt me with their hands, right? <laughs> so then they craft this message thinking, you know, well, I mean, they're, 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 they're standing up and they're shaking their fists. Uh, that guy, he he looked like a pot smoker and his hair was, you know, in, in, in dreadlocks and, and he turned red in the face and sounded like Alex Jones. I am scared. But you see, the fear factor led them here. Their ignorance allowed them to stay there or their pride or their ego, whichever one of the three it could be. I'm sure there's another facet I'm not including there in my limited view. Um, but that, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, and, uh, and check one off for the deep state because they've got a group of, uh, educators, uh, people of a relevant position in our society asking that those who merely want their freedom to decide their sovereignty to exist left alone to be labeled as domestic terrorists. And there we go, ladies and gentlemen. That is where this entire issue will unite all parties, because let me tell you what. Well, I'm sure it may not be a majority. I'm pretty sure that there are liberals and Democrats. I didn't say progressives or social Democrats or communists or socialists or progressives. Or maybe uh, apolitical people in that crowd. And for the first time in their life, if this happens, they'll be like, you're calling me a Trump supporter now? You're calling me a Republican? You're saying I'm a domestic terrorist? Because I don't want my kid to take a, to take a, a vaccine until we know it's safe. Give me a few years, National School Boards Association. Give me a few years. That's all I want. I'm not against vaccines. We'll take the vaccine. I just want to make sure there's no side effects. It's funny how everyone suddenly gets grouped into the same label when things like this happen and a government overreach is in progress and it's happening. It's happening. So uh, anyways, this letter goes on. These acts of malice Violence and threats against public school officials have increased. The classification of these heinous actions 
could be the equivalent to a form of domestic terrorism and hate crimes. Hate educators! Hate educators! As such, NSBA requests a joint expedited review by the United States Departments of Justice, Education, and Homeland Security, along with the appropriate training, coordination, investigations, and enforcement mechanisms from the FBI, including any technical assistance necessary from and state and local coordination with its National Security Branch and Counterterrorism Division, as well as any other federal agency with relevant jurisdictional authority uh, and oversight. Additionally, NSBA requests that such review examine appropriate enforceable actions against these crimes and acts of violence under the Gun-Free School Zones Act, the Patriot Act in regards to domestic terrorism, the Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Jr. Hate Crimes Prevention Act, the Violent Interference with Federally Protected Rights Statutes, and the Conspiracy Against Rights Statute and Executive Order to Enforce All Applicable Laws for the protection of students and public school district personnel and any related measure. What a mouthful that was, ladies and gentlemen. Who the heck do they have sitting on their school boards that knows all of that stuff? I want to know. Perhaps an operative working uh, in the National School Boards Association? You think you got you think you got a, you, you think you got an agent sitting up there somewhere? Or, or maybe just a uh, a well-placed uh, lawyer friend of the left? Sounds like it. I mean, I, I don't doubt that the NSBA received all kinds of letters of concern and examples of, uh, of um, teachers in fear of a screaming mother, you know. Uh, but there you go. That's what they want. That's what they're putting out there right now. They're getting ready to, uh, to clamp down on parents who are concerned and rightfully upset about the direction that these school boards seem to think that they have the right to take when uh, they seem to forget whether you're on the school board or whether you're on, you know, uh, whatever other panel they have for schools um, that uh, you can be removed and uh, you're not sitting there because you have all the bright ideas. You're sitting there to perform a public function in order to maintain the uh, the to maintain the structure, flow, and curriculum of what the child is to be learning, not to pump in all your own self-aggrandizing and loathsome ideas. That's not what they're there for. That is not what they're there for. And so, like I said, they're calling uh, for the support. Um, um, of, you know, the FBI, the CIA, the, you know, they, they're invoking the Patriot Act of all things. And, uh, and, and they're not alone, though, to be quite honest, the National Association of Secondary School Principals. And why do all these people have clubs? Anyways, a nonprofit organization clubs, no telling who's funding them. They, but anyways, this uh, National Association of Secondary School Principals, they also made a similar request arguing that the federal government needs school leaders needs to give school leaders the authority to expel threatening individuals from their schools. So they, they also want to be able to lay hands on them and boot them out. I don't know. I think uh, parents, 
though that is a group of people that I do not want to deal with, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I don't want to deal with an angry parent. Oh, hell no. Mm -mm -mm. Last thing I would want to deal with. Okay, guys, where is that going to take us from here? Let's see, what time are we? I told you guys we'll probably be here till about 1030 Texas time. So we got uh, a good hour and a half more because we also got, don't forget, coming up, um, the uh, Project Veritas COVID Vax Exposed Part 4. We'll be on a little bit later in tonight's show. If you've seen it, well, that's all good and dandy if you want to hang out and watch it with us again. Otherwise, uh, you know, it's and anything you decide, my friends, is good because after all, we are all free moral agents and we are all free to decide. But uh, let's talk about this. Well, this one's uh, funny what gets Mr. C's goat, right? <laughs> this one gets my goat, ladies and gentlemen. Um, federal lawmakers have introduced bills to restrict unvaccinated flying, okay? You know, it's already hard enough to catch a lift. Why is it that the one time or two times a year or two that I want to go outside of the state of Texas, I have to be faced with this. Why? Okay. I already can't go on cruises. Not that I could financially speaking, but have had to change plans since 2019 because of this stupid planned pandemic with this genuinely manufactured virus. And I'm not going to do it anyways. I'm not going to be surrounded by a bunch of super spreader shedders. I'm not going to risk that. Nope, I'm not going to do it. Uh, we have reports coming up later on that show that, uh, heck, the, the director of the CDC even said, if you are vaccinated, wear a mask if you're going around someone who's unvaccinated because you might get them sick. <laughs> Come on. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. A nice little, uh, nice little graphic we got there, right? Vaccinating the plane. Oh goodness, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. So, uh, we've mentioned this on, uh, I think we mentioned this on Mr. C in the dark one, uh, one weekend. Uh, but we got, uh, this, uh, old battle horse of, a uh, I don't know, stormtrooper shaped skull woman, Diane Feinstein, we all know about her, but uh, Diane Feinstein, uh, she introduced into the Senate a uh, brand spanking new bill that would require the Department of uh, Health and Human Services and the Federal Aviation Administration to deploy standards for airlines to verify that a person has either been vaccinated Tested, ne tested negative for COVID-19 or has fully recovered from a coronavirus infection before they are able to board the plane. Uh, this brand spanking new bill for the Senate coming from a stormtrooper-shaped skull, Diane Feinstein, uh, is called the U.S. Air Travel Public Safety Act. Let's take a look at her handiwork. Oh, there's Diane Feinstein's handiwork. Let's check it out. To reduce passenger, crew member, and airport personnel risk of exposure to COVID-19, 
decrease the risk of transmission of COVID-19 onboard aircraft and to United States destination communities through air travel and protect children and other vulnerable individuals by preventing further spread of COVID-19 in the United States of America. Mrs. Feinstein introduced the following bill to reduce passenger, crew member, and airport person. Just kidding. That's, we just actually just read that. Okay. So it says, be enacted by the Senate and House of Representatives of the United States of America in Congress assembled. This act may be cited as the U.S. Air Travel Public Safety Act. Domestic air transportation with the United, within the United States. That's right, guys. This is for domestic air travel within the United States. That means if you got to go visit your GMA down in Florida, if you want to go to a Patriot event over in uh, Nevada, if you want to go, I don't know, uh, join in a protest in New York, uh, God forbid, you will have to be vaccinated or take a train because they have not introduced a bill for trains yet. And the only thing that I could say about taking a train is, well, it'd be a great time to start writing a book. Now, travel requirement. The Secretary of Health and Human Services, referred to in this section as the Secretary, in consultation with the Federal Aviation Administration, shall develop national vaccination verification standards and procedures in accordance with this section, such standards and procedures shall require that all covered air carriers require that before any passenger may board an aircraft for a covered flight, such passenger shall, one, provide the covered air carrier with documentation demonstrating that the passenger is fully vaccinated as defined by the secretary or any successor guidance against the COVID-19 SARS-CoV-2 novel, as in fictional, coronavirus, or two, Attest under penalty of perjury that the passenger has adhered to the international travel recommendations and requirements for individuals who are not fully vaccinated issued by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention prior to boarding, including requirements to provide proof of a negative pre-departure qualifying test results for SARS-CoV-2 or alternatively written or electronic documentation of recovery from COVID-19 after previous SARS-CoV-2 infection, in accordance with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention testing requirements and applicable guidance. Regulations. In general, the Secretary shall promulgate interim final rules to ensure that the standards and procedures developed under subsection A are applied to covered air carriers beginning on the date that is not later than 30 days after the date of enactment of this act. Two exception, the interim final rules promulgated under paragraph one shall include a list of those categories of individuals and organizations that are exempt from the standards and procedures developed under this section. Such list shall be developed by the secretary in accordance with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's applicable guidance. And then they have a list of definitions that we're not going to read. So this is going to make life hard for many of us. Not that life is not getting harder because of all of these um, faux mandates and uh, false requirements that are being forced upon us. Um, 
you know, some of the wording in this sounds like to me that there will be exceptions, but it doesn't sound like it's an exception that uh, an individual can fish out for themselves. It, it, it sounds like whatever exemption, exception, or whatever it is that you want to bring to the table that tells your air carrier that you should be exempt because of X, Y, and Z, the language of this sounds like you can bring whatever you want, but if it's not on the list, sorry. So where is that going to leave us in the end? Basically, ladies and gentlemen, we will we'll be we'll be swindle pooned into doing it either way or not doing it at all. Now, as you all may know, um, what's good for the House is good for the Senate and vice versa. So uh, this young idiot here. Uh, by the name of uh, Richie Torres. He is a uh, representative for the state of New York, and he is a Democrat, of course. Uh, now, young Richie Torres, uh, he, uh, he introduced legislation into the House on August 6th that requires or would require all United States air travelers to show their papers uh, for proof of COVID-19 vaccination. And uh, this happened on in the beginning of August, and here we are learning about it today in the month of October. And that, ladies and gentlemen, would be because very little coverage went into the news outlets beyond regarding this issue. They don't want you to know because they don't want you to grope, okay? So Diane Feinstein, she's making sure that, uh, you know, the government federal agencies are going to be on par with this. Uh, Mr. Torres here is making sure that uh, the American people know that this is going to be a requirement. So they got the public and the private in these two bills, and they always do this. This is how they work, right? So uh, let's see here. Uh, this document that uh, this little Richie Torres, that would be HR 4980. It has a quite long title. Let's see. The title is to direct the secretary, secretary of Homeland Security to ensure that any individual traveling on a flight that departs from or arrives to an airport inside the United States or a territory of the United States is fully vaccinated against COVID-19 and for other purposes. So uh, he introduced it, 8-6. Uh, they have two co-sponsors. That would be um, Ed Case of um, Hawaii and uh, Kaili Kahili also of Hawaii. So uh, most definitely the people of Hawaii, uh, I mean, if they don't get their vaccines, they're definitely going to never get off that island if they don't uh, get out of there quick. Now, uh, the text of this bill, it's not uh, quite as so wordy as Diane Feinstein, good old stormtrooper shaped skull herself. Uh, but it says here, um, uh, let's see here. It says, uh, to direct the Homeland, uh, the Secretary of Homeland Security to ensure that any individual traveling on a flight that departs from or arrives to an airport inside 
the United States or a territory of the United States is fully vaccinated against COVID-19 and for other purposes, be it enacted by the Senate and House of Representatives of the United States of America in Congress assembled, um, air transportation vaccination requirement in general, the Secretary of Homeland Security acting through the Administrator of the Transportation Security Administration, TSA, shall take such actions as are necessary to ensure that any individual traveling on a flight that departs from or arrives to an airport inside the United States or a territory of the United States is fully vaccinated against COVID-19. Exception. In carrying out subsection A, the secretary shall ensure there is an exception to the requirement described in such subsection for an individual who is ineligible or medically unable to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19. And then they have a definition. And that's about it for that one. I guess he wasn't looking to get, you know, too deep into it. Apologies. Let me go ahead and uh, shrink that screen down there for you guys. Um, now, this is just... Um, this is obviously these bills were just introduced uh, within the span of a month, a month and a half, two months now. Actually, when you think about it, actually two months to to uh, yeah, two months because we're what in October now. This was August sixth. Diane Feinstein just introduced hers uh, with I think with uh, was sometime towards the end of last month. So within the span of about two months, they've introduced these. These have not passed any of the House or Senate. These have not gone into conference. These have not made it to the desk of the president. It's uh, HR 4980. If you want to phone your representative or send them an email or a snail mail or whatever it is that you do these days, let your friends know. Um, because, uh, geez, guys, like, talk about really coming down on the people. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's fixing to get Australia up in here, guys. It's fixing to get Australia. But, uh, oh, here we go, guys. It's, uh, time to talk about this man a little bit. Some of you guys might recognize that face in the shadows. What is it? Uh, America's, uh, present day Nazi. <laughs> You know, watching this guy talk or in his interviews, man, I would say it's it's got to be some kind of, of, of narcissistic sociopath. I mean, th that's kind of redundant to a point, you know, when you're talking about sociopath. I, I would say all sociopaths are pretty narcissistic, you know. Uh, there's a big, big, big swath of narcissism caught up in that psychosis. Um or, or just perhaps a very strong belief system. And I'm not claiming to know what this man believes in his personal life. But man, those eyes. Fauci, man. Fauci, who, uh, who, has, who has lied to the world. Fauci, who has deceived the people, Fauci, who has been a strong proponent of one of the greatest manufactured disasters in human history, 
who sits on that throne with that much responsibility. I wonder if it's a lonely place, but um, we're not here to talk about poetic psychosis, right? <laughs> we're not. When you get right down to it, the man is one of the most efficient, proficient, and excellent propagandists known to uh, the modern-day society. I mean, look at him. I just, I look at those eyes and I never look at them before. And uh, trust me, I'm not lost in them, ladies and gentlemen, by, by, by no means. It's way quite the opposite. I am quite found <laughs> by looking at his eyes because he looks lost. And uh, I don't know what drives that in him. I don't want to know what keeps this man awake at night. And I'm... Um, like I said, I'm guessing maybe nothing because a uh, narcissistic sociopath probably sleeps easy knowing that he is fulfilling the wishes, the desires, the dreams of whomever his masters are, of whomever his ancestors were, and whomever his God is. Because to move forward with as much strength of will as this man has, he's got to be praying to something. But uh, that's just speculation on my part, ladies and gentlemen. And you all know when I speculate, I lose my credibility. But uh, it's breaking through a little at a time. And uh, the job that Fauci has undertaken and or been given has not been as easy for him as it was, say, back in, I don't know, 2015, 2017, 2020. Because like I said, all of those little fragments and seedlings of truth have breached the dirt, breached the surface. They may not be many, they may be few, but they're there and they're growing quickly. So uh, this one was interesting because, you know, as we're talking about all of these things that the government is doing to uh, clamp down on us, to control us, to force us to submit in the name of, of, uh, of the greater good, in the name of loving your neighbors, in the name of, of, of not being selfish, in the name of fear, they've gotten away with that. But the dangers... And the unknown as aspects of this entire genuinely manufactured disease and this uh, genetically modifying experimental inoculation is coming out. It is becoming apparent. And the reason why it is, is if it's not for those who have sacrificed much to bring us that information, it's because the reactions... And it's because the side effects and it's because all of the all of the unreasonable aspects of this show is coming out. The propaganda is starting to get holes poked through it as their lies begin to falter. Because after all, vaccines are 
are good for you. And, and this vaccine, this COVID-19 experimental gene therapy session is 100% effective and it will prevent you from getting reinfected and it will prevent you from spreading the disease and it will be safe just like every other vaccine we ever created. But don't ask your grandma because guess what? We killed her with COVID-19, so you couldn't. Now that those lies are starting to shatter as uh, these breakthrough cases, as they called them, a simple trajectory would tell you if you have a gene therapy session, an mRNA vaccine, that causes your body to produce the spike protein that causes COVID-19, essentially meaning that you are a COVID-19 factory because now your blood produces it, you're gonna get sick again, or you're gonna spread the disease, or you're gonna cause a variant, and it's probably gonna be worse than what we saw in March of 2020. And do you know why it's going to be worse than what we saw in the March of 2020? It's going to be worse because what we saw in March 2020 was what? A juiced up flu manufactured in a lab with, uh, with, with uh, uh, infection and, and death rates inflated by, by uh, fraudulent and scandalous hospitals and coroners. And now that we're actually creating a genuine disease that's no longer genuinely manufactured in a lab, but it's uh, genuinely being created by your own human body, it's gonna be far worse. Now this Delta variant, I believe in my own opinion with no kind of science or medical knowledge to back it up, was a uh, variation that uh, came out of the human body. So you had COVID-19A, which we produced in a lab, and then you had COVID-19B with slight variations due to uh, human uh, genetic uh, interactions, okay? Now, we have not gotten to uh, the dark winter just yet, and I don't, uh, I don't ask for it and I don't pray for it, and I don't expect it, but um, it could be quite a thing, you know? It could be what they have been wanting since March of 2020. It, it could be that sickness, that illness, that disease that they wanted to give us in March 2020, but they couldn't because they knew if they made something that strong, it would be way more than obvious that it was made in a lab. So it had to be subtle. It had to only be a few twists of genetic code, only a few insertions in their synthetic mRNA vaccines that would attach to your body at a molecular level and your cells would then begin to print the structures encoded in that mRNA package. But as it has begun to break through, break through, as these breakthrough cases have become quite the popular item these days, um, people are asking Fauci questions. Right. Dr. Val
I did not say for you to go just yet. Take, for example, Bouchy. Bouchy going live on CNBC. And uh, here we see um, the reporter who's engaging him in this interview actually uh, start to ask him questions about breakthrough, breakthrough cases. And the reason why she does that is because uh, poor girl's probably scared for her life because she and her family are fully vaccinated and yet they now seem to have contracted COVID-19. For your viewing pleasure, ladies and gentlemen, let's check this one out. I, I, you guys have been pushing the vaccine, and, and I obviously understand why I, I'm vaccinated, but I also have COVID, and it's spread through my entire family in the past few weeks. It's why I'm doing the show from home today. And I, and I just wonder about the public messaging around vaccinations. Three vaccinated people got COVID in my house. Two unvaccinated children got it. Are, are you right. too casual about the limitations of the vaccine? No. Because it does feel to me that that these breakthroughs are happening they're happening regularly and we haven't really seen the government pay that much attention to them or warn about them too much the bottom line is we were still able to get it and transmit it thank god right. we're not in the hospital i get it i'm, I'm vaccinated but okay. you can get but, it and transmit it and the government well, hasn't been warning about that oh yes i am we have and we've said that and let me just give you the science and the facts if you are an unvaccinated person you have five times the likelihood of getting infected, 11 times the likelihood of being hospitalized, and 11 times the likelihood of dying compared to someone who's been vaccinated. So the data showing the benefit of vaccines is incontrovertible. If you look at the people who have died from COVID-19, overwhelmingly, 90 plus percent of them are unvaccinated. Vaccination protects you against severe disease. And even when you get break. Okay, I had to pause it because that's a lie. That is a lie. He just said people who are infected with COVID-19, over 90% of them are unvaccinated. Okay, keep that in mind, guys. Because we got a clip, and it might not be from America, but it clearly shows otherwise. Breakthrough infections, because remember, no vaccine is 100% protective. But what we do know is that if you get vaccinated and get a breakthrough infection, you are much less likely of getting a severe outcome. It is much more likely that you, in fact, Tell that Dr. Fauci to that uh, to that uh, Mark Elliott Pilcher, fully vaccinated, a less likely severe outcome. The man is dead. Would either be without symptoms or be mildly symptomatic. So you should not confuse the very important data that we now have a drug that can diminish hospitalization and death by 50%, you should not confuse that 
with the overwhelming benefits of the protection of vaccines. Those should not be confused. My friend used to pay $163 for car insurance. Now look at how much he pays. You know, I think it's really good that that my screen was uh, silenced. <laughs> I said something that probably I would have been canceled for. I apologize. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> uh, okay, that was the end of the video. Okay, we're good. We're good. We saw what we needed to see. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, a trans man was trying to sell me auto insurance. All right. So um, uh, for those of you on the podcast, sorry about that. Uh, tune in to the live action, Mr. C, <laughs> if you want to see what the heck is going on. Okay. All right. Uh, let me, uh, let me just, yeah, man, I tell you what a liar, what a liar, that man right there, liar. His pants are on fire, but you know what? I think he likes it. Like, seriously, like this is, I mean, straight up guys. Oh, Oh, 90% of the people are, are unvaccinated. Oh, oh, there's no severe consequences. Dr. Fauci, we'll be going through some of those consequences tonight. We're, we're right about to get to it, guys. We are right on that point. We are already over the hump, y'all, ladies and gentlemen. So let's keep on going. Okay, so we have this, of course, Fauci. He's sitting there and he's like, you know, uh, uh, you know trying to keep his cool. He's trying to uh, maintain his focus of lies and, and his lies of omission as well, but confronted. And, and poor girl, you know, she was just thinking about job security. She was just thinking about her family. She was just thinking about doing the right thing for the greater good before she became a super spreader and, you know, became a highly, uh, highly probable a reinfection case which they don't think about, which maybe they would if they were not stuck in that cloud of fear or laziness or ignorance, you know, or pride or ego, which whichever one it is, there's, there's always other options in that regard because we are so diverse, right? You can't pin it all on one or two emotions. Now this one gets my goat as well because you know what I found, ladies and gentlemen, when I was, you know, you know, as I look for these, uh, these uh, photo opportunities to share with the friends and uh, include on the show, there are like absolutely no memes for this woman. I think that she would be in meme dumb uh, with like, you know, um, I don't know, Satan's whore or like, uh, you know, liar or like, uh, I don't know, uh, a genocidal maniac. Or, or complicit with Uncle Sam or something, there are no memes with this woman, like none whatsoever. And this, of course, is the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, who has been an outright liar and propagandist from day one since she has been doing this. You know, she's been like, uh, we need to get everyone vaccinated. Vaccines are safe. People don't die. The Center for Disease Control and Protection, the CDCP, uh, it's like, is, can communist fit in there somewhere, right? Like, uh, it's got, it, it, it almost has that communist ring to it, CDCP. Like, I, I was just, I was blown away that, uh, yeah, there was, there was absolutely no type of memeage going on with this woman, okay? 
uh, memers, get to it. <laughs> Let's see some memes. Uh, but um, uh, this here's the whoop. Here's the whoop. Now you have the director of the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Uh, now she is saying that the vaccines do not prevent transmission. Why am I going to get vaccinated if I am not going to be able to uh, look out for my brothers and sisters and my neighbors and my friends in the world? If my duty to society is to take this vaccine to help prevent the spread, to what, flatten the curve, why am I taking a vaccine that does not do that? It makes no sense. You want to know why we're taking the vaccines that don't work, that don't stop the spread and don't flatten the curve? We're taking it because they killed all of the people who remember essentially how vaccines work. Okay, they got rid of all of the grandmas and grandpas. They got rid of all of the great ones. And I know, you know, there's still plenty of them out there, but they're vaccinated too. And like, it just does something to me that they have attacked a pool, a wealth of knowledge. It's a generational knowledge. It's the kind of knowledge that we tend to forget. Like, uh, you know, anyone younger than 25 these days have no concept of a pager, have no concept of a landline, have no concept of VHS beta tape or anything or eight track, anything like that. Like, what the heck are you talking about? You weirdo. It's generational, but, 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 uh, Something tells me that knowledge of how vaccines worked back in, oh, I don't know, the days of polio, oh, back in the days of what, you know, uh, the Black Plague, whatever. Something tells me that that type of knowledge is far more essential than a VHS recorder or, you know, a landline or a dial-up phone or a payphone booth. But that's what's happened. And uh, that's why people are, in part, aside from the fear and, and aside from the uh, going along to get along and aside from the, uh, the, the uh, sheep-minded uh, compliance and laziness has brought us to this point. Just keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, and, and, and more specifically to my friends and family over at the foxhole and pill.net, Mm, not all of us were meant to be worker bees. You know what I mean? Not all of us were meant to just be a member of the flock. So we are where we are meant to be. We shouldn't get discouraged by the number of people out there that mindlessly comply. We shouldn't be discouraged by that at all. We should... We should be encouraged that we are here with each other. We should be encouraged and inspired by the amount of us that are actually out there. And don't let their numbers distract us or discourage us. Keep your eyes on the prize, ladies and gentlemen, and we will get there with that laser-like focus. And that's what we got to do. So let's talk about this uh, director of the CDC, Rochelle Walensky. 
and uh, how she says uh, vaccines don't prevent transmission. And, uh, and a vaccinated person can, in fact, infect an unvaccinated person. A simple meme of this would go a long way <laughs> because that's why they told us to take the vaccines to begin with. CDC Director Rochelle Walensky said this week that COVID vaccines do not prevent transmission of the virus. She actually also warned the vaccinated from infecting the unvaccinated. This happened on Swamp Creature Alert, Wolf Blitzer's program, and I don't mind calling it a program, uh, where she came out and said a few words about it. Now, we're going to listen to the good old CIA agent and the good old... Uh, um, the good old uh, uh, lying, lying, lying Satanist herself. Ah, let's call her a communist, right? Um, and uh, let's let's see, let's let's hear the word from the whore's mouth. What you say about? Out there, do you think the CDC and others, for example, got the messaging wrong when it comes to breakthrough? cases, people who are fully vaccinated but get COVID. Experts have repeatedly insisted that breakthrough cases are rare, almost dismissing fears, but would it have been better to give a more nuanced explanation about what to expect? I think we all have to recognize that um, with 164 million people who are vaccinated, um, we should expect tens of thousands, perhaps, of uh, breakthrough infections. But the most important thing is not the number of the breakthrough infections, but what happens here. Those breakthrough infections have mild illness. They are staying out of the hospital. They are not dying. And I think that that's the most important thing to understand. We have a massive number of people who are vaccinated, and, and um, those breakthrough infections tend to be mild and not severe. But what about uh, all the fully vaccinated people who get the breakthrough infection, can they pass it on? Could they pass it on to their children? Could they pass the virus on to older people, especially more vulnerable people with the underlying health conditions? And that's exactly the point that we made in our guidance. So yes, they can with the Delta variant. And that was the reason that we changed our guidance last Tuesday. Um, our vaccines are working exceptionally well. They continue to work well for Delta with regard to severe illness and death. They prevent it. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. So if you're going home to somebody who has not been vaccinated, to somebody who can't get vaccinated, somebody who might be immunosuppressed or a little bit fail, uh, frail, somebody who has um, uh, comorbidities that put them at high risk, I would suggest you wear a mask in public indoor settings. Especially if, you, if there is a breakthrough case, uh, you get COVID, you're fully vaccinated, but you are totally asymptomatic, you could still pass on the virus to someone else. Is that right? That's exactly right. And that's where our masking recommendation came from. So important, these masks. Uh, we're learning the FDA could uh, lay out a national strategy, Dr. Walensky, for COVID-19 booster shots in early September, just in a few weeks. What will this strategy look like? Uh, who will be eligible for these boosters? First, uh, all of us who got two shots, uh, we might need after five or six months, uh, a third shot. 
We're looking at those data carefully. Those data include looking at clinical cohorts, uh, our clinical trials, cohorts from across the country, our essential workers, long-term care facilities, healthcare workers who are va uh, vaccinated early. And we're working closely with the FDA following those data and we'll come up with a plan um, soon in September. And do you think that before that will happen, the emergency use authorization for these vaccines will be changed to complete and full authorization? That lies squarely with the FDA, but I know that they're working very hard in order to get that full approval because I recognize that we all recognize that some people are waiting for that approval to get vaccinated. So what we're seeing in Israel and Germany and the United Kingdom right now, people already starting or about to start getting these third booster shots. We can brace for that. We should anticipate that happening in the next few weeks here in the United States. Is that right? We're having conversations with those countries and we're looking at the same data that they are looking at and we are making our independent decisions, looking at the data they have, collaborating with the data we have, and we'll make those decisions in collaboration with the FDA. Out there, do you think? Okay, guys. All right, there you go. Yeah, uh, you know, and one one could have said that when this uh, woman here uh, uh, decides to say, uh, yes, so if you have received the vaccines and you're going home to someone who's unvaccinated, make sure you wear a mask. And then, of course, you know, the, the good little SJW, progressive socialist, communist, Satanist uh, whore would be like, um, uh, yeah, that's because uh, they're not vaccinated and you can get sick again if you're vaccinated because you're not protected because my grandma's dead and didn't tell me how vaccines work. And then she qualifies it, though. She says if someone who's immunosuppressed, someone who has, uh, you know, potent comorbidities, someone who for health reasons cannot get vaccinated, I recommend in, a, in an indoor home situation, you wear your mask to protect them. And then the person there with the comorbidity and immunosuppression disorders like, uh, fool, that mask don't wear me. You get out of this house right now. <laughs> That's the way I would be. I'll be like, get the heck away from me and don't you get any of your body juices on me either while you're at it. So yeah, very interesting. I saw I saw that out there, just these, like the masks are so important, right? Like what the hell? <laughs> Everybody damn knows in their dead grandma that the masks don't work. <laughs> like what is up with that? So anyways, my goodness, ladies and gentlemen, like uh, that is just some, that is just a little bit of lunacy. I can appreciate these people are teaching us how not to be. Uh, these people are teaching us what kind of humans are bad. <laughs> you know, I'm an, I'll take it from that angle. I can appreciate these people for showing us uh, what a really stinking, lousy excuse for a human being with no sense of moral guidance and is godless and has no fear of anything sovereign in their heart, nor any kind of love for anybody else but themselves. How not to be that kind of person? I thank you, Wolf Blitzer. I thank you, Harlot Walensky, for teaching us these things and, and Fauci and every How not to be a sociopath? How not to be an obviously blatant psychopathic pedophile like, uh, you know, uh, Biden over there? Thank you for showing us the way not to go. <laughs> thank you for showing us the path not to go down. I appreciate you. You go suffer your own consequences. I'm not judging. But uh, 
Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Uh, okay, before we get into the next, uh, we, we got another clip I want to share with you guys. Uh, real quick in the chat, thank you all for hanging out. What's going on, everybody? I know I've been on a bit of a rant tonight, uh, but thanks for uh, hanging out. And it looks like you guys are having a good time over there. Just V, Nat Hemdy, Blue Rinse at Blue Rinse. Two in the pink, what's going on, ma'am? I didn't see you come into the room. Nat Hendy's dropping some links. Oh, I'm gonna have to go back and catch all these links because I always like to go back and look at uh, everything the friends share. Because, you know, uh, you guys got some valuable intel. You know what I mean? Okay, let me just pop that in my little... What the heck is that? Oh my God. <laughs> Did you hear that? Hold on. That scared me. <laughs> let me leave that playing in the back wall. Let me leave that playing in the back while I, uh, that scared the heck out of me. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see here. Oh yeah. Thank you for the links again. What else? Let me see what else is going on in the chat before we move on. We're, we're almost out of here, ladies and gentlemen. I said, I think latest 1030 tonight, Texas time. Hey, Mr. C just turning the friend onto your show. He says, thank you. Oh, uh, hey, Mr. C, I'm educating a friend and turn her on to your show. Hey, cool. Thanks to In The Pink. I appreciate that. I hope they're enjoying the show. You know, um, word of mouth and uh, spreading uh, spreading uh, the show around, uh, whatever, where, whether that be by a text, email, social media platform, or even within, uh, within, even within the hallowed halls of the foxhole.app and the pill.net platforms itself, I am most grateful. And, uh, and if you're over at pill.net, uh, you know, subscribe to the show, hit that follow button. Uh, that's always much appreciated. And I believe you get some notifications. You either get notifications of when I'm going live or when I'm scheduling to go live, but one or the other, you'll get informed. Sean Joe, thank you, sir, for the cookie. Much appreciated. Hey, Skeeter Burke, what's going on? I didn't see you come into the room. Good evening. Good to see you. Uh, let's see who, who's that over right there. Car, car. <laughs> Carl Finn. Good evening, Carl Finn. Good to see you. And uh, let's see here. Welcome in. Uh, Nat Hendy, Cookie, Shanjo Cookie, Nat Hendy, 300 gold pills. Thank you so much for the cookies, guys, for the donations. They're very greatly appreciated. My phone's going off over there. Been looking at the committee of 300. That's a, that is a topic, right? That's a heavy topic right there, actually. Don't get too bogged down and keep on digging. That's what I always say. You know, you know what they say? Don't get overwhelmed. Just do one thing at a time. <laughs> That's my philosophy. <laughs> so we'll keep moving on here. I just wanna I just wanna say hello real quick before we wrap we wrap up the night. Because I got uh we got another, well, we still got a couple of videos. Oh, you know what? We do have a couple of videos left at least. So I need to be quick about this, but uh want to show my appreciation to you all. Doing well, two in the pink. Mitradate is still hanging out. Oh no, I want to be able to frequently buy flyer. Oh, that sucks, Mitradate, because I know you fly. I've seen pictures. Yeah, so that, that stinks, dude. Well, uh, prayers to you, my friend. And uh, if you if you decide to go the route of the uh, counterfeit uh, COVID pass, let me know how it goes, okay? And uh, we'll get you on the show. Uh, exclusive. No, just kidding. Um, let's see here. What else do we got? Connie Ketchup, good evening. Let's see. Yup, and we aren't any better off in Texas. Bunch of deep state bush. You're right. Rhinos. Rhinos. 
you know, when we talk about it's rhino hunting season, ladies and gentlemen, man, my backyard is a safari, guys. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm drowning in the dinos and the rhinos in my freaking city. I mean, the, the rhinos are dinos and the dinos are, are like, you know, hardcore dinos. Like, you know, it's pretty bad. Uh, Deborah Erdman, good evening. How are you doing? So many of the friends I saw. I didn't see come in early. I've been because I've been on a rant. Sorry, guys. I have been on a focused rant, laser like. Uh, Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie again. And I think that's as high up as my yeah. My uh, chat goes as high up as eight fifty four. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's jump back into it because we're almost there. Oh, hey, diversity hire. What's up? Did you catch my DM, sir? Okay. Um, Okay, cool. He just said he saw the message. Awesome. Awesome. I, I mean, I, I did as best as I could to respond as quickly as I could. Uh, and uh, I'm glad you got the message, bro. All right. So, uh, all right. Let's move along. Let's move along. We're not going along to get along. We are moving on to get it on. Okay. So uh, what's next? Who dat? Oh, it had to be this man, didn't it, ladies and gentlemen? Did it have to be this man? You know, I used to love this man. You know why? Because I like to say his name. I like to say, hey, it's Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. Oh, Ron Johnson. <laughs> oh, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. <laughs> Anyways, okay. So, and then of course, Ron Johnson had to say on hidden camera, well, we know Trump did not win the election. Oh, Ron Johnson, that's not the thing to say. And not to not to an undercover liberal at a Republican event. Ron Johnson, caught with your pants down around your angles, caught with your Tehachapi hanging out like Ron Johnson. Wisconsin had so much hope for you, Ron Johnson. So uh, I guess Ron Johnson's trying to redeem himself because Ron Johnson actually just brought us some very vital information stateside. Because again, with uh, hoo-ha hoaxers like, uh, you know, Rochelle Walensky and, and you know, uh, Freudian flip Fauci and, and illegitimate joke Biden and all the whole cast of carnies that uh, are just playing us, you know, like the world's tiniest violin. We don't get that information with all of the fake, like, uh, fake uh, medical journals, all of the bought out, sold out government funded doctors and scientists. We just cannot seem to get a lick of actual information from people who are either not compromised or totally suppressed, right? Like, if you got the information that's right, you're gone. They're going to take you out. They're going to, they're going to closet you. They're going to, they're going to, you know, memory hole you. They're going to, they're going to, you know, uh, scarf on door handle you. Like you're they're They're going to find a way to, or they're going to, they're going to smear your character so bad, or they're just not going to publish your paper, which I guess is probably more often than not the case. But Ron Johnson goes onto the Senate floor and he, uh, he gives a speech about the efficacy of the vaccine and uh, how that efficient, proficient working vaccine has done for the numbers of those who have contracted 
the Delta virus, nay, have died of the Delta virus. Because what do we hear? What did what did what did Fauci just lie about to our faces with absolute absolute no respect for us? Because he just lied to our faces, no respect whatsoever. No, 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 nothing, no regard for us at all as anything of import to him. Why would he be in a position of service to our community and to our country if he does not give a damn about the people? I don't know. And maybe that's why he's in that position, because they needed someone like that to get this kind of job done. They need someone like that who could remain soulless and and cool and collected and emotionless when everything starts to come down on him. I hope his face is like that when he's a. Uh, when he stand, I hope his face is like that when justice is served. That's all I got to say. I don't like to get more descriptive than that, but I think the meaning and the intent is exactly the same. Now, Ron Johnson was like, well, you know, we get, uh, we get, we get crap numbers here in America. So he went over to England. No, he didn't go there, but he garnered information from uh, the United Kingdom um, and used it on the Senate floor as an example of what we're probably actually seeing stateside, but he could not confirm that because of all of the botch work and red tape that is going into suppressing the true data surrounding this genuinely manufactured disease, the infection rates, the death rates, the variant affectations, well, that's what he did. He, uh, he found that uh, 63% of all coronavirus Delta deaths, that's right, the variants that came from the mRNA gene therapy inoculations, that's where this came from. Mark my words, ladies and gentlemen, I will bet you five bucks that history will show the Delta variant came out of these gene therapy sessions and humans producing spike proteins that turned them into COVID factories. And now they have this weird human uh, genetically laced variant of COVID running amok, getting everyone reinfected because it's got human juice on it and, and your body identifies it. It's like, oh, you're human. I'll take you. Oh, there's a spike protein on that. Oh, and now it's going to mix with what I got. And we got a Delta variant. Oh, wait, what, what is it? What is it they say? It was the one year Delta of the COVID-19 vaccine and we had a Delta variant. Did you guys ever think about that? Anyways. Okay. So um, uh, anyways, rant. Senator O. Ron Johnson of Wisconsin pointed out that 63% of all coronavirus Delta deaths in the last 7.5 months came from, wait for it, fully vaccinated individuals. Let's roll the footage. Come on, O'Ron Johnson. Let's get it on. Okay, there's going to be a commercial. <laughs> Come on, O'Ron Johnson. Are you ready? Here we go. Let's do this. Let's look at some data. The type of data. So we have to look. Let's look at some data, the type of data that we're not getting from our healthcare agencies. So we have to look, unfortunately, to England and to Israel that are more transparent. Now, I, don't rec I don't expect anybody to be able to read the figures here. I'll give you, I'll give you the highlights, but I'm, I'm showing that this is from Public Health England. This is one of their, their federal healthcare agencies. This is from their technical briefing number 23, 
dated September 17, 2021. It covers cases for about seven and a half months from the beginning of February to February 12th. What the data shows is that during that seven and a half month period in England, there were about 750,000 new COVID cases. About a little under 600,000, those were the Delta variant, about 80%. The number of deaths associated with those 600,000 Delta cases was 2,542, which gives us a case fatality ratio of about 0.4. Again, case fatality is higher than infection fatality because these are actually registered cases and there are all kinds of infections that never get registered. So to put this in context, an infection fatality rate for a bad flu season is slightly under 0.2, half of this. Just going to put things in perspective. Now, President Biden, and this has been parroted by media, news media, said that what we are currently experiencing is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. They don't give us really any data to back that up. They just proclaim, pronounce that 99% of people with COVID now are unvaccinated but they don't give us the data. Well, we have data from England, and here's the data. So of the 600,000 cases in England, 43% were with the unvaxxed, 27% with, were with the fully vaxxed, another 30% with, were with partially vaxxed or just undetermined. But I think what's interesting, because here's another quote from President Biden. President Biden said, if you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized. You're not going to, to an ICU unit. You're not going to die. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Well, maybe that's true in the US. I kind of doubt it because in England, of the 600,000 new cases of Delta, of the over 2,500 deaths, 63% of those deaths, 1,613 people were, were the fully vaccinated. 28% were with the unvaxxed. Now, this is information the American people have probably never heard. It's information, by conveying it, I will get attacked, I will be vilified, I will be censored, I will be suppressed. It's one of the reasons I'm coming to the floor of the Senate to reveal this information that the American people need to know. All right, and that's so true, ladies and gentlemen. Those, actually, I'll say those final words, no. Everything that man stated in those three minutes and a quarter are absolutely 100% true from the numbers and the data to the threats of suppression and cancellation. And that's why we're playing this here tonight. And that's why you guys need to spread this episode out there COVID-19 Patriot information super spreaded redux or whatever you want to call it uh because I can't I I cannot publish this episode anywhere else other than on pill.net and the foxhole.app and uh we'll see how long it lasts on my uh, podcast but um I'm probably gonna get flagged on Twitch I'm uh oh Cloud Hub I guess we'll probably hold you know hold steady too but I can't upload it like on, uh, you know, YouTube, of course. I mean, I, I wouldn't even, I would not even think about it. Uh, but absolutely, absolutely suppressed information. 
And, uh, you know, Senator Ron Johnson, I mean, if you're if you're stepping up to the plate of redemption, I'll take it. But uh, let's not forget. Can we at least save our elections before we try and stop the COVID vaccine? No, just because <laughs> we have no freedom to fight against this medical federal overreach of government and tyranny. If we don't have a vote, we don't have it. If there, if you do not believe that there was fraud in 2020, John Ronson, <laughs> I mean, Ron Johnson, then you are not on my team. So spread the good word while you can, but you better get yourself straight, boy, because, uh, that crap don't fly with me, okay? All right, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, good job. Appreciate you, sir. Now let's move on to our next topic du jour. We're almost there, guys. Now, as Senator Ron Johnson just brought us that information from the United Kingdom about how, uh, you know, the Delta variant deaths in triplicate and multiples uh, uh, over, over, 50%, what was he, uh, 63%, thousands and thousands and thousands of people who died of the Delta variant were in fact fully inoculated, which brings the question to mind if death is, uh, you know, I, I mean, that would seem like more than a common factor to me. I, I mean, if it's not, if, if the vaccines are not efficient enough to protect one from getting reinfected and dying, are there, in fact, any other types of consequences that one might face for taking a blind judgment and absolute full-hearted trust of what the federal government and all of those who sit at the top of that medical financial tyranny and political are telling us to take with no choice under duress of, uh, you know, a secure and happy life? What was, was it the pursuit of uh, peace and happiness, uh, the pursuit of life? No, you don't get that unless you take the vaccine. I'm sorry, but I was promised the pursuit of happiness <laughs> and a good life. And that's all we want, right? So uh, let, let's take a look at uh, the vaccine adverse event reporting system, where when we're talking about 63% of higher of people fully inoculated dying from COVID-19 Delta variant. If there's any other consequences for blindly following whatever it is that's guiding you in that direction, whether it's your family, your friends, your doctor, your bosses, your TV, fear, laziness, or complicity, are there consequences for not stopping and thinking or discerning or asking the question even, to even ask the question. The VAERS, again, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, finds more than 500,000 adverse events have been reported after COVID vaccines. Everything from high temperature ranges to neuropathy. And ladies and gentlemen, I know you know this is but a minuscule percent of actual cases being reported. What is it, like 
the data that we get from this report it represents 1% of all the cases out there because about between what is it like between 1 and 5 or 6% actually get reported to VARES which means this number of 500,000 could be vastly vastly multiplied uh, it could be into the millions ladies and gentlemen that are not reported but uh 5,000 events have been reported in regards to the vaccine. Now, reporting of illnesses and symptoms that occur after the COVID-19 gene therapy inoculation does not necessarily mean that they were caused by the vaccine, the uh, article disclaims, but the system is designed to collect adverse events that occur after vaccination to uncover any patterns of illness that were not captured during the vaccine studies. What vaccine studies? There are none. They 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 have totally like polluted the uh, original. <laughs> they've polluted the original test groups. They've destroyed all. There are no studies. The studies are not even complete. Like they're not even complete. By by far, by what, at least three to four years, some of these studies are not complete. <sighs> Anyways, reports can be made by doctors, patients, or family members and or acquaintances or vaccine industry representatives. Scientists have estimated that adverse events occur at a rate many fold higher than what is reported in theirs since it is assumed that most adverse events are not reported through said tracking system. Now, at the same time, some, uh, some observers claim that the COVID-19 gene therapy inoculations adverse events are not as likely to be underreported as those associated with other medicine due to close monitoring and widespread publicity surrounding the COVID-19 gene therapy inoculations. Approximately 391 million doses of the COVID-19 gene therapy inoculation has been given in the United States, according to this report, to 185 million people. Do I believe that? Not necessarily. Now, it's estimated about 56% of the population is fully vaccinated. This is, not, this is not to include the hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants that have been pouring across the southern border since February or January. No, 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 no. Not them, guys, because after all, they're not getting vaccinated, remember? So they cannot be included in this study because they are not getting vaccinated, because they are not required to, because apparently where they come from, there's no such thing as COVID. Either that or, you know, on the other side of the coin, the current junta regime administration select wants that to be here in America. Now, um, According to an original analysis of the Federal Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, VAERS, the most common disorders reported after a COVID-19 gene therapy inoculation in the United States includes temperature-related issues, 
at 226,457 cases. Skin problems at 174,793 cases and a category that includes movement, muscle, nerve, neuropathy, numbness, and paralysis at 146,200 cases. After that, uh, there are non-specified pain-related issues clocking in at 139,395 cases. Feelings of abnormalness, tiredness, or weakness clocking in at 139,395 cases. Injection site reactions, you know, where you get injected, there's a reaction going on there, whatever it might be. Uh, we're looking at uh, 121,538 cases. Headaches coming at 111,549 cases. Heart events coming at 79,012 cases. And lung or respiratory problems clock in at 77,976 cases. Abdominal issues in your stomach area. 40,415 cases. Getting COVID-19 after a vaccination comes in at uh, 34,589 cases. And blood clots or bleeding, including in the heart and in the brain, comes in at 32,023 cases. And that is um, the most common things found among bears. There have also been product issues, whatever that means, issues with the product, uh, issues with the needle, the syringe, uh, the vaccine itself, maybe. That clocks in at 29,661 cases. I would hate to be one of the 29,661 cases that had a product issue. Like uh, what if there was little pieces of uh, silver or metal or flakes of something, junk, dirt floating in that vaccine? I would consider that a product issue, wouldn't you guys? There have also been a reported 31,720 cases of mood or memory problems after receiving the vaccine, the gene therapy inoculation. As of September 27, 2021, there were 569,294 adverse event reports associated with COVID-19 vaccinations in the United States with a total of 2,433,730 symptoms being reported. Each symptom reported, please note, does not necessarily equal one patient. Adverse events reports often include multiple symptoms on a single inoculation. According to the Center for Disease Control and Food and Drug Administration, the benefits of COVID-19 gene therapy inoculations far outweigh the risks for all groups and age categories that have been authorized to receive it. So here's a summary of health alerts issued in the United States and around the world. In other words, health organizations have issued an alert in our country and beyond about some of the adverse events that have been reported. And uh, we're going to get specific here, ladies and gentlemen. I gave you a whole bunch of, you know, numbers about general kind of, uh, but, but very, very, uh, you know, uh, substantial issues, you know detectable but uh but these are very specific guys these these are health alerts alert alert take this gene therapy inoculation 
because you are told to by your government for COVID-19 and you might suffer the following. Functional neurological disorder. Researchers in the United Kingdom are studying functional neurological disorder in women in their 30s who became ill after receiving COVID-19 gene inoculation therapy sessions. FND, functional neurological disorders, the symptoms can include limb weakness, paralysis, tremor, spasms, problems walking, speech problems, tingling vision, tingling vision loss, seizures, fatigue, anxiety, chronic pain, memory symptoms, and blackouts. Hey, Deplora Laura. I've seen some videos that sound a lot like that, man, and it was it was hard for me to watch them. It was so hard for me to watch it. I mean, I didn't even finish watching it. Uh, anyways, um, uh, other other things found. They've had 16,858 cases of lymph lymphadenopathy. Lymphadenopathy. Pfizer COVID-19 mRNA gene, inocula- gene therapy inoculations were found to be associated with an increased risk of lymphadenopathy which is the swelling or inflammation of lymph nodes according to a real-world case control study from Israel. 5,273 reports of facial paralysis. An analysis in Hong Kong showed risk of Bell's palsy is higher with corona vaccine shots. And this one was Sinovac Biotech. And that is a vaccine formulation not currently used in the United States, but nonetheless a risk. Bell's palsy is facial paralysis, muscle twitching, or weakness. It can also include change in taste and pain around the ears, increased sensitivity to sound known as hyperacusis. Guillain-Barre syndrome paralysis was reported in 696 cases. The FDA added a warning in July about Guillain-Barre syndrome paralysis in people who got the Johnson & Johnson Janssen COVID-19 vaccine. Guillain-Barre syndrome is an autoimmune disorder that damages nerve cells, causing muscle weakness and sometimes paralysis. One in 20 cases are fatal. Demyelination, including multiple sclerosis. Demyelination, demyelination, including multiple sclerosis, was found in 650 cases. Now, demyelinating diseases damage the protective covering surrounding nerve fibers in the brain, optic nerves, and spinal cord, causing neurological problems. Age ranges from 24 to 64 years old. Four patients were ultimately diagnosed with exacerbation of their stable MS. Two were diagnosed with new cases of MS, and one was diagnosed with neuromyelitis optica. Myocarditis pericarditis, endocarditis, 2,180 reports. According to the CDC, they are investigating reports of heart disorders, 
myocarditis and pericarditis after COVID-19 gene therapy inoculations to see if there is a relationship. The Pfizer COVID-19 mRNA gene therapy inoculation was found to triple the risk of myocarditis, according to a real-world case study from case control study from Israel, which found vaccination had a strong association with an increased risk of myocarditis. The FDA added a warning to the Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 gene therapy inoculations that stated there was a risk of heart inflammation. In fact, in June of 2021, the CDC said that more than 1,200 cases of heart inflammation, myocarditis and pericarditis, in young people had been reported after the Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 gene inoculations. More than half of those were after the second dose. Most of the injuries were in males under the age of 30. In August, however, a brand new independent study of medical records found the incidence of myocarditis and pericarditis are more than five times common than what the CDC reported. A study of Pfizer and Moderna vaccines published in September finds that teenage boys are six times more likely to suffer heart issues from a COVID-19 gene therapy inoculation than they are from COVID. So here you see, guys, their remedy is worse than the disease. There have been 34,589 breakthrough COVID cases. And this is where we're going to get into some really heavy stuff, guys. The breakthrough cases. The cases of the people who are fully vaccinated and they are still getting COVID and they are still... They are still... I don't know, guys. Like, if I had a COVID vaccine and I got COVID... My world would not only be turned upside down, but my mission in life would be a thousand percent, 180 degrees different from what it was before that happened to me. Like I would be on a mission. I would be like, I would be on a mission, guys, if I received a COVID vaccine and got COVID-19 after the vaccine. Okay. Because fortunately, my grandparents told me how vaccines work. And my parents are old enough to remember, you know. Now let's talk about this because these breakthrough cases in COVID, is, it's going to get deep because you have to ask, how is it that someone who has a full vaccination set is still getting COVID? Is it because they are COVID factories and they're producing that spike protein, right? And they're more susceptible to it? Perhaps. They're finding something else though, guys, and this is scary. We're talking about we're talking about heterosexual AIDS here, guys. Heterosexual AIDS. If you get what I'm talking about, like what did they say? Uh, what did they say AIDS was in the 80s? Gay cancer, right? Okay, this is considered a lack of immunity. If you have a breakthrough case in COVID, you have a lack of immunity. But what does that mean? How can someone have a lack of immunity from getting a vaccine, 
against a genuinely manufactured disease. Let me tell you how. Because it destroys your immune system. And that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is the key, I think, to these vaccines. And, and perhaps there's this whole other techno-neurological brain link thing going on too. I don't know. I've seen reports, though, from reputable doctors and scientists that have talked about that subject. But it seems to me that if the powers that be who are eugenicist control freaks want to take out a mass portion of the population, they're going to infect them with something that strips them of their immune system so that this way either they die off because they can't afford it or they are paying them for the rest of their lives to stay alive. Because taxing them to breathe did not seem to work. Let's just get them sick enough to pay us for it. Now, the breakthrough COVID cases, 34,589. In early September, there was an analysis of data in Israel showing almost 60% of the hospitalized COVID patients were fully vaccinated. Does that not corroborate? Does that not fall in line? Does that not hold hands with the data that Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin shared about us from the United Kingdom? Sounds about the same. Over 50% of the COVID cases in hospitals were from fully vaccinated people. Breakthrough cases, people who now lack immunity. Uh, let's see, this guy named Ran Bolasur, who is the CIO of Clilat Health Services in Israel, it's their largest health maintenance organization, said, this is a very clear warning sign for the rest of the world. If it can happen in Israel, it can happen probably anywhere. With evidence of seriously waning immunity at the five to six month mark, and thousands of fully vaccinated patients hospitalized with COVID-19 or dying from the virus, the CDC is now recommending a third booster shot in some patients. They're just going to fix that problem by putting another problem on it. The VAERS database shows 34,589 reports of COVID-19 after vaccination, as well as COVID-19 pneumonia, suspected cases, and complications from fully vaccinated individuals. The rest of the VAERS report goes on to mention blood clots and disorders, 32,000. In fact, that's why Johnson & Johnson was temporarily removed from the market. Menstrual-related uh, reports, uh, 10,318 deaths from the vaccine coming in at 8,164, and we all know that number is probably way higher. Pregnancy-related issues at 1,844. Herpes-related issues at 6,339. Uh, Anaphylactic reactions or shock at 1,803. Uh, appendicitis or perforated appendectomies at 926 cases. All of this stuff comes after the vaccine and they have found a pattern in such. But now what I want to focus on is the uh, immunodeficiency disorders that are coming from this um, vaccine. This, these these um, immuno-attacking disorders, guys, 
immunoattacking, they attack your immune system, all right? Now, clearly, uh, immunodeficiency disorders are not for a particular persuasion. And clearly, we knew that already. I'm not, I'm not ignorant, guys. I'm just, you know, using that in jest and also to uh, emphasize a point, you know. But um, the, the whole immunodeficiency thing, guys, like, there are reports now that the COVID vaccine antibody, the levels drop, okay? So you get your COVID gene therapy inoculation center, since, uh, sorry, session, and your body's natural COVID antibodies fall off nearly tenfold after about six months. And all of these people have just gotten like what? I guess a lot of these people got uh, vaccinated in uh, what? April or March or May? We're about the six month mark. And what are we seeing? A vast increase. And, and oh, oh, just ahead of that vast increase. And it's not a huge increase, but it's an increase nonetheless. We had the media calling for Delta, Delta, like what? A month or two ago? to get that fear in the spin cycle because they're expecting the numbers to reflect that. I hope, I hope and pray that the human body and the human spirit is indeed as miraculous as I believe that it is so that uh, maybe their numbers were not as, uh, as potent as they were expecting because of our, our will to live, survive in good willed, good hearted and well-meaning humans beat the coronavirus and beat the vaccine. I believe that of some people that I know and love who are good people that did get the vaccine and they are fine. But uh, it's, I mean, time will tell guys because it's not over yet. Like uh, these are ticking time bombs, you know. Now, uh, in, in regards to this um, uh, vaccine or sorry, in, in regards to this COVID antibody um, um, drop off in the human body, a preliminary study showed that uh, they found that there was a steep reduction in the number of coronavirus fighting antibodies in patients roughly half a year after they received their COVID-19 gene therapy inoculations. Researchers analyzed blood samples from 46 healthy, mostly young or middle-aged adults after, recipient, uh, after receipt of the two doses and again, six months after the second dose. And you know, I, I know I read a report like this from a science journal. This is in the general news. I'm, I'm bringing you this story, like probably back in May. Okay. And uh, let me see here. Um, it, it, it's, it goes on to say the study indicated that vaccination with the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine induces high levels of neutralizing antibodies against the original vaccine strain but these levels drop nearly tenfold by seven months. That was found by two researchers from uh, this study on the Pfizer BioNTech. The study, which has not been certified by peer review, comes amid growing talk of the possible need for a booster shot of the COVID-19 vaccine to ensure a robust immune response. The study determined that administering a booster dose at around six to seven months following the initial immunization will likely enhance protection against SARS-CoV-2 and its variants. And so they create the problem. They 
uh, generate wealth off of the solution, which creates another problem that they will generate wealth off of that solution. And there's no telling what that booster shot will do. Will it create a problem or will it create an expectation and a stigma for future booster shots three to four times a year until you die to keep yourself from dying from COVID, which is, again, a genuinely manufactured disease. Okay, guys, so I have a scientist that I want to share with you. It came from one of the friends in the chat. They dropped this in the they dropped this uh, link in the chat, and we're going to share it tonight. 30 more minutes, guys. Is I just 30 more minutes. If you if you need to go, get on girls, get skedaddle, get on with your good self and your bad self and your life. But we'll be here for 30 more minutes. 30 more minutes about. Now, uh, this is uh, Dr. Nathan Thompson. And uh, Dr. Nathan Thompson studies, um, uh, you know, uh, well, he's a scientist, he's a doctor. And uh, his studies show that vaccines may actually destroy the immune system. Just what we're talking about, guys. Uh, Dr. Thompson is a graduate of Elmhurst College, where he completed his degree in sports medicine and athletic training with highest honors. He is also a graduate of the prestigious Palmer College of Chiropractic, where he earned the President's Scholar for Academic Excellence since 2004. Dr. Thompson has provided five essential care, um, five essential care to Yorkville, Illinois, and to the surrounding communities, ranging from newborns to patients in their 90s, while achieving advanced certifications in spinal correction, nutrition, uh, naturopathy, and CrossFit training and methodology. He is also the author of Transformation 28. Uh, so the video that we're going to watch is um, what his findings were uh, in regards to studying these vaccines and the results of how it affected um, how it affected the patient's immune system. Okay, very very telling. This is uh, enough so that I, I felt we needed to incorporate this into the show tonight, and um, this is the path. We are on right now, ladies and gentlemen, and like I said, this is the uh, the C Report COVID-19 Patriot Information Super Spreader, so please spread the word and, uh, you know, post it in your links, share it abroad, tell your friends about it, uh, because these are, these are I, I don't think I could have crystallized information better than I have tonight on a single topic that is coming to a head. Um, and who knows what, uh, who knows what catalyst this could be towards just getting this information out there. And all of you guys, all of you ladies, I, I, I know I don't need to qualify that, but all of you out there are a part of it. So, uh, thank you again for being in attendance. Let's see what Dr. Nathan Thompson has to say. And, uh, we will see you on the other side, ladies and gentlemen. It's a pretty interesting video here. That, that is backwards, uh, but I need to flip the camera around so that you can see some data that so that you guys can actually read it. All right, guys. Um, hey, please uh, share this video. This is very important because I don't know anyone yet who has done this testing. This is very important. 
Um, I'm going to show you uh, testing, immune system testing on three separate occasions. And I'm going to give you uh, when we did these specific things. The first one uh, was uh, a person, and yes, we have his, his permission. Um, this was some immune system uh, testing that we did. And this person that came in um, was, you know, basically type 2 diabetic, um, very high inflammatory markers, um, high triglycerides, tanked hormones, um, immune system not doing very good either. And uh, so the testing I'm going to show you, the, the one that we, I'm going to show you first, this was after he really worked on changing his life. And you're going to see the immune system doing just fine. It's doing great. But guys, this is where is the, the reason why I'm doing this video is this, and I'm not super happy. I am not happy, you know, about this. I'm not uh, spiking the football uh, by any stretch of the imagination because I don't want to see people get sick. But what I'm going to show you is I'm going to show you using using medical testing, verifiable proof, immune system testing of how from changing a lifestyle to getting the first, let me show it to you since I can't say it, the first, and then I'm going to show you after the second, and I'm going to show you the changes that took place in the immune system. And I'm going to show you exactly what that means when you read this testing. Okay. This goes right in line of what, uh, as wellness way doctors, Dr. Patrick Flynn, myself, this is exactly what we said, what will happen. And now I'm starting to see it happen. Um, and again, it can't be false because this is medical testing. All right. So let me show you the first one. Now, this gentleman, it went from uh, type 2 diabetic to no longer type 2 di diabetic, went from being able to hardly be able to, like his goal is to walk a mile. He can run a 5k now. Um, he lost conservatively 60, 70 pounds. I don't really measure that, you know, that much. It's not really that important. Uh, but all his lab markers got better and they changed. He completely changed his life. Now he got the, this, and he knew he didn't want to, but he felt compelled to, in order to keep his job. Can you imagine that? to keep his job. And I understand uh, why men would do it. And this is what I tell you. It says, I can give you the information. I can give you the research. It's already always going to be your decision. I know what my decision would be. I know what my decision would be for my family. I cannot make that decision for you. And I cannot tell you what hill that you would like to die on. So I'm going to show you his first one. I'm going to show you after the very first one. And then I'm going to show you the second one. And I'm going to show you exactly what it means, guys. Please share this video. All right. So this is after him doing a really good job of changing his life. This was when he was doing absolutely amazing. Still is, except for his blood work now. So you can see when you look at this, you see all of these nice, all of these in uh, uh, within these ranges. But this is what I want you guys to pay attention to is this. So I want you to look at the granulocyte account and look at the lymphocyte account. All of these things, these are basically, you know, just part of the immune system, which is kind of a basic panel a lot of doctors run. All these uh, immune cells perform a specific function. And when you look at it, you can associate it maybe the type of infection that they're elevated. You can see the type of infection that people will typically have. Okay. So granulocytes, things are like lymphocytes, uh, 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 neutrophils, 
Uh, you got all your different types of lymphocytes. You guys are going to notice that when your doctor runs it, they don't differentiate between CD8, CD4, natural killer cells, uh, things like that. Monocytes, these are your dendritic cells, your macrophages this is what we're going to go over tomorrow. Eosinophils so, uh, you know, associated with uh, parasitic infections, basophils associated with severe allergic reactions, uh, things like that. So when you look at this, the biggest thing that you see is you say everything is doing really well. Okay. I'm going to show you this. This is after the very first, you know what? So the very first, you know what, what you can see is, is we started testing and expanded the immune system panel. And I said, Hey, if you don't mind, I want to see how your immune system is responding after the first, you know what? So this is the first, you know what? And here's what's interesting is you see the CD8 cells started to jump way up. So you see these CD8 cells start to jump way up. Now, let me turn the camera around. Let me tell you what a CD8 cell actually does. CD8 cell is called a suppressor T cell. It's also known as a killer T cell. What do killer T cells actually do? Well, what these are, these are sniper specific cells and they are designed to kill virally infected cells that, have, that are literally wearing the virus on the surface of the cell. Think of spike protein. And it's also killing cancer cells. That's the job. They're very sniper specific. They don't do a lot of collateral damage, but I want you to think anything that is virally infected. So when you look at this, you can see those CD8 cells after the first, you know what, you can see they start to jump up. They're saying, hold the phone. What is going on here? We need to start killing, uh, killing off these cells that are expressing a specific, I don't know how you say it, spike protein. Hmm. Okay. That was a couple of days after the first one. So you're seeing that a CD8 cells start to jump up. I said, okay, if you don't mind, I want you to get it after you get the second, you know what, I will pay for it. Just please let me do it for my research. I know that regardless, you're still going to do it. At least let's get some benefit from doing it so that we can gain some clinical data. Cause I guarantee you, I guarantee you, your doctor isn't saying, Hey, let's do an immune system panel and expanding one that's CD4, CD8. Uh, natural killer cells and things like that. Guys, this, if you, if you don't know what the test is, it's very similar to how they measure progression of HIV infection. Okay. Uh, it's basically an AIDS test. So um, that was his first one. I want to show you this. The second one, we just got it back literally last night. Okay. This got back literally last night. Now, this is after the second. Now I want you to look at this and I want you to stay with me. Please stay with me. Okay. So now what you see is you see that his granulocytes, look at how much they jumped up. Holy cow. These granulocytes are responsible for basically their neutrophils, their first responders, their emergency type cells. They're responsible for, um, they do have a viral component to it, but they're mostly for bacterial infection. And they also clean up tissue damage. Think of when you have tissue damage, like a pimple, like a scratch, like a sprained ankle, they're responders to tissue damage. And you look at this and you're saying, what on earth is getting damaged inside of the body? Then when you look at his lymphocytes, so his lymphocytes are things like his CD4 cells, CD8 cells, natural killer cells, his B lymphocytes that are producing antibodies. The very reason why they wanted to do it in the first place to produce an antibody production, you can see how badly now that started to tank. And then what's interesting too, is that you can see that his natural killer cells have absolutely tanked as well. Natural killer cells, guys, this is part of your 
innate immune system, okay? This is your innate immune system and natural killer cells are your first responders to things like viruses, virally infected cells, and yes, even cancer cells. And wow, holy cow, you can see how that is tanked. Now, what I'm not showing you is all his other numbers, but every single one of his lymphocytes are on the very lowest end of normal and comparing it to the last one, they have absolutely tanked. So what is tanked? His adaptive immune system has absolutely tanked. Adaptive immune system, CD4, CD8, uh, natural killer cells, his B lymphocytes, all of those things have actually just gotten pummeled uh, within the month. Now, what has changed within the month? Gee, I wonder. Mm, he's still eating great. He's still exercising. He's still avoiding his food allergies. He's taking his supplements. So what changed in his environment? It was a toxin. I'll, let, I'll leave it up to you to understand what I mean by a toxin. So look at how that changed. So listen, when, if no one told me anything, if I looked at this and said, hey, Dr. Nate, look at this blood work, because this is what we say. We say a person could be blind, deaf, and dumb. And dumb is not dumb, but meaning in the biblical term, you can't speak. If a person could not communicate to me, then you say, show me x-rays, show me labs, show me that. And we could pretty doggone get it closely figured out as far as what's going on. So if you said, hey, look at this lab and what does it tell you? I would look at this lab and in two seconds, I would say, this person has autoimmunity. Let me say it again. This person has autoimmunity and it's how you see how that immune system is responding. People with autoimmunity, so many times I've seen clinically high granulocytes and a tanked adaptive immune system. So I want you to think of this. Body's trying to handle some kind of tissue damage, but also the very thing that's designed to handle things like cancer cells and things that sell like virally infected cells has absolutely tanked. Now you look at this, how on earth can they ever say that it is working? Now watch this. If they have this low and it stays, and it persists, I want you to stay with me. And that adaptive immune system response persists in which it's gonna have a bad response to any other kind of virally inf uh, viral infection. Let me ask you a question. Let me ans ask you a question. Here's my question, guys. This is a serious question. To the health experts out there, to the pathologists that are out there, uh, to the, uh, the public health experts out there, if you looked at that blood work, would you say that this person is very susceptible to having another viral infection? And maybe you might call, you just might call it a breakthrough infection. You guys see that? A breakthrough infection. Guys, please share this video. This might get taken down. A breakthrough infection, you know, like the kind that we're seeing right now, or maybe what we're seeing in Israel, a breakthrough infection. So let me ask you a question. I'm just not making a statement. I'm just saying, a, I'm asking a question. Could it be that after this, maybe this is happening in a lot of people and leaving them wide open to have breakthrough infections after that? That's interesting, isn't it? So this is testing. <laughs> this is testing. And reason why is because I want to know. I want to know what it is doing to people. If you're a doctor and you are watching this, every single one of you doctors become a doctor 
and start testing those patients who have gotten a second one and start testing their immune systems and start figuring out why. You're a doctor, you're not a clinician, you don't follow some kind of template on what you're supposed to do. Too many people are doing that, following a template. Well, it says here in your blood work that this lab is out of order, so I need to give you on this medication. Really, doc, I need to be on this medication, huh? Well, tell me what the exit strategy is so I don't need this medication. I've never had a person who came to me and I said, what's their extra exit strategy? And you know what they tell me? Gee, doc, they don't have one. They never told me anything. They just said, take it for the rest of your life. That's not healthcare, is it, guys? Not at all. And now you wonder why we have so many people who are sick uh, in the United States. Now you know why we have so many people who are having breakthrough infections. Now you know why so many people, guys, have autoimmunity, which is the fastest growing illness taking place in the United States. So we have to watch this and we have to see what's going on. Does this look like autoimmunity? Yeah, it does. Here's the sad thing, though. Um, I said, well, if you see that, what do we need to do? This is my honest answer right now anyway. Is this? I don't know. I really don't. And I'm not afraid to say I don't know when I don't know. But I don't know. And the reason why is this. It's never taken place in the history of mankind. We never have seen it take place. I have some ideas on what we can do, but it's a lot different than any other autoimmune reaction because the reality is this, to help people with autoimmunity, you got to remove the triggers. The thing is, is I don't know how long this trigger is going to persist in his body. And you know what else? No one else does either. And the reason why is because they haven't studied it. They haven't studied it long-term. And guys, I will say this, I'm not punt, punt trying to spike the football. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I hope I'm wrong. Because uh, if this is one person, we are looking at 150, 170, 180 million people. <sighs> million people. Anyway, guys, I hope you found this enjoyable. <laughs> I don't find it enjoyable. However, if I say, hey, I think I found something. I'll share it with you as well. And I always appreciate when I share something with you guys, please share it with other people. Please help them to start to open their eyes because I guarantee you there are going to be people who are suffering and um, they need to know that they are suffering. It's not in their head. It's not in their head. Just because the doctor can't find it doesn't mean it's not there because they need to look in the right direction. I will tell you this. There's not one doctor who will run that test. Not one doctor who will run that test. They won't run it. One of the reasons why they don't run it is because there's no medication for it. <laughs> Sad, isn't it? All right, guys, I got to get back to work. I have my uh, talk tomorrow and I'm still finishing it up. And and we will pause it there. That is some, I mean, that is some crazy information, guys. Um, you know, I, I run around like a chicken with my head cut off saying, oh, these inoculations are causing us to be COVID factories, COVID creating factories. This man, a scientist, a doctor who studies the stuff, you know, has patients who agree to submit to, you know, certain tests and stuff 
finds that it, it might actually be causing us autoimmunity. That's far worse than being a COVID factory and by his assessment, possibly being the cause of the breakthrough cases that are multiplying across the country and the world right now, right now. And uh, yeah, just be the doctors are complicit. Uh, Wisconsin on, Wisconsin and on. Um, you can see the trouble in his mind about this. It's easily recognizable, right? Uh, you could see it. You could tell this man is bothered, you know, and there have been a, uh, a couple of other doctors that I've watched their videos and heard what they had to say and heard what they were discovering while they were looking at the vaccine or the virus or what have you. And guys, you can feel it. You can, you can feel it. You can feel their concern. It's real. They are not, uh, they're not, they're not one over the cuckoo's nest, you know? They are not one over the cuckoo's nest. And there's, there's a genuine cause for concern. Um, but we'll see where that gets us, guys. Um, all right. So that, that is kind of a bit uh, on the entire effects of the COVID vaccine gene therapy inoculation, mRNA and uh, what it's causing the human race, the people in their respective nation states, as we accept this experimental vaccine, this experimental gene therapy inoculation, without asking a question, without knowing the answers, without knowing the outcomes, without knowing whether it's safe or not. Now, doctors like Dr. Thompson are kind of putting on a red alert and they're saying, hey, we don't know this for sure, but these could be causing this, you know, and um, we, we don't know 100 uh, percent whether or not these vaccines will ever be efficable and ever be truly safe, you know. But the government is saying that they are, apparently. And, and for that reason, ladies and gentlemen, we saved the best for last. I figured, well, why not hear it from the government themselves? Because uh, Project Veritas has dropped the last in their series, and uh, their latest, not the last, the latest in their series of the COVID vaccine exposed and in this episode, ladies and gentlemen, we will hear it from the doctors and scientists' mouth themselves about the relationship between the COVID-19 government-mandated vaccine and one's own natural immunity to this vaccine. With all of this information that we have just observed and received and absorbed about the detrimental situations that a vaccine will cause towards our health. I think that this um, is important to see and may it sit as a cherry on top oh, that these um, vaccines are not safe 
These vaccines are experimental. These vaccines can and do cause several various substantive reactions, including death, including autoimmunity. And now we get to hear the government themselves say, your natural immunity is probably a lot stronger than anything that these vaccines could do for you. So uh, here is part four of Project Veritas COVID Vax Exposed, featuring the scientists of Pfizer. So your antibodies are probably better at that point than the vaccination. Nick Carl is an experienced biochemist at Pfizer with a history of working in the pharmaceutical industry. Nick admits to our undercover journalist that those who've had COVID have stronger immunity than those who've received the Pfizer COVID vaccine. When somebody is naturally um, immune, like they got COVID, um, they probably have better, like not better, but more antibodies against the virus. Because what the vaccine is, is like I said, that protein, so that's just on the outside. So it's just one antibody against one specific part of the virus. When you actually get the virus, you're going to start producing antibodies against like multiple pieces of the virus. And not only just like the outside portion, like the inside portion, the actual virus. So your antibodies are probably better at that point than the vaccination. But don't take his word for it. Two other Pfizer scientists echo the same sentiment. So I mean, well protected? Like as much as the vaccine? Probably more. How so? Like how much? You're protected most likely for longer since it was a natural response. We're like bred and taught to be like, like vaccine is safer than, than actually getting COVID. You cannot like talk about this in public. If you have antibodies built up, like you should be able to prove that you have those built up. I mean, I still feel like I work for like an evil corporation. We're trying to keep track of everyone that's been vaccinated versus the census of how many people are actually reported. Basically, our organization is run on COVID money now. You don't talk about anything that can possibly implicate you or like big pharma. Um, I, even if you shut the door to the office, it's kind of like, who's listening? I specifically have like, Oh god, I, I signed the NDAs against this. The government doesn't want to show that the darn vaccine is full of shit. It's the registry of the people who aren't vaccinated. That's sounding very dirty. I'm gonna go door to door instead of one. Oh, it's just your booster shot. Don't get the vaccine. I didn't tell you about that. She didn't want to take it because of her religious beliefs. She was coerced into taking it. They are not reported because they want to show it on the map. Oh god, I signed NDAs against this. So your antibodies are probably better at that point than the vaccination. You're not wearing a wire, right? <laughs> Our next installment in the series exposing Big Pharma will feature multiple releases inside one of the nation's largest COVID vaccine manufacturers, 
Pfizer. The series features not one, not two, but three scientists within Pfizer talking to one of our undercover journalists, making stunning admissions about the COVID vaccine and the culture inside of Pfizer. Like we're like bred and taught to be like, like vaccine is safer than, than actually getting COVID. And that's like, like, honestly, we have to, we have to do so many seminars on this. Like no idea. Like we have to like sit there for hours and hours and listen to like, be like, you cannot like talk about this public. Logically though, like if you have antibodies built up, like you should be able to prove that you have those built up. Like, I don't know, maybe potentially that doesn't seem that crazy. I had COVID and I have monster immunity after eight months, so I just got checked last month for antibodies. I mean, that's no worries. Same thing with my brother. So, should I get the vaccine? Wait. Until when? If your immunity starts to wane, then get vaccinated. So, I'm well protected? Like as much as the vaccine? Probably more. How so? Like how much more? I mean, so when we came out with, so right now we're seeing an increase in the Delta variant mostly not because of the variant because of immune they're basically their antibodies are waning um so they're they're still protected but not at that 95 percent efficacy it's more like 70 percent. so you're being you're protected most likely for longer since it was a natural response Mm -hmm. so basically they're trying to keep track of everyone that's been vaccinated versus the census of how many people are actually reported so i mean they're trying to get their numbers but still you shouldn't have to show anything which is basically in my opinion a, a violation of hipaa they, no one has the right to ask you if you've been vaccinated or so it's an invasion of privacy I, I, I don't agree with it so. Nick's take on these social mandates would seem to run contrary to his sentiment on antibody immunity this isn't the first time we've heard this sentiment from a scientist with one of these companies how do we get the unvaccinated vaccinated I feel like what they're doing like for instance, like the city needs like vax cards and everything. It's just like about making it so inconvenient for like unvaccinated people to the point where they're just like, it, okay. you know? What do you mean? Like if you are restricting people that are unvaccinated from doing anything and then like vaccinated people are allowed to do anything they want, eventually they, they're just going to be like, I mean, just get vaccinated. I mean, you have multiple companies that were basically given a crap ton of money to produce vaccines, and they're pushing it. So what happens to the monoclonal, monoclonal antibody treatments? Push to the side. Why? Money. 
It, it's disgusting. You're not wearing a wire, right? <laughs> <laughs> you want to check? <laughs> I mean, I still feel like I work for like an evil corporation because it comes down to profits in the end. And I mean, I'm there to help people, not to make millions and millions of dollars. So I mean, that, that's the moral I would say dilemma. Billions and billions. I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> no, yes. I, 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 I do. I mean, I'll, I'll still give you a hard time about it. Basically, our organization is run on COVID money now. How so? Like, it netted like over $15 billion last year. Chris Croce is a senior associate scientist with Pfizer. He goes on to explain a test that is currently taking place at Pfizer, not to determine the effectiveness, but to see if it is leading to heart attacks. I'm glad you didn't get any uh, myocarditis. Yeah. That's a concern, right? Yeah. More so for younger people. Why? That's what we're looking into right now. Oh, that, cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're doing, we just sent like 3,000 patients samples mm -hmm. to get tested for like elevated troponin levels. Yeah. Um, to see if it's vaccine based or so what's it look like i don't know we're, we just sent that over this past week and the last batch will be sent over next week all external testing we'll see hopefully it's good because well, no. i mean if not then my opinion that might pull something from the market if the scientists believe that the antibody works more effectively than the vaccines it begs the question What's with all the federal mandates, regardless of what the data says? There's ears and eyes everywhere. What do you mean? Yeah, Pfizer, like, in the building. Uh -huh. So it's kind of just like, you don't talk about anything that can possibly implicate you or, like, big pharma. Um, like, even if you shut the door to the office, it's kind of like, who's listening? These expressed views run contrary to the current public policy affecting millions of people. If you're on the inside of the pharmaceutical company, contact us at VeritasTips at ProtonMail.com and stay tuned. We have a hidden camera footage of executives at Pfizer. It's the Code yellow. Code yellow. I don't know what that means. Code yellow. Sorry, friends, I was responding in the chat. Uh, for those of you on the podcast, I was responding in the chat. <laughs> okay, guys, uh, that's no laughing matter. Um, but, uh, well, there you have it, guys. That is uh, their expose on Pfizer. And uh, if you guys have caught up with um, the latest from um, Project, uh, they confronted that little snot face. Where is he at? This one right here? That one right there? A uh, little snot face. Yeah, they confronted him in the parking lot and uh, <laughs> he ran away. But uh, yeah, uh, that's that's some pretty heavy stuff there. Uh, to just these points, they are just bench chemists. They just uh, they just what mix the potions, right? They probably have nothing to do with the actual study, research, science and or, you know, <laughs> discovery of what those vaccines are. Um, and they're just uh, self-important and aggrandizing. Uh, but that's where we are, and that's how we get to where we get today, I guess.
in a way, in a manner of speaking. Uh, but all right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. That was the uh, C Report COVID-19 Patriot Information Super Spreader. Not all of the information out there, but a lot of the most recent uh, information in regards to uh, the challenges and opportunities that we are facing in order to, um, in order to uh, just try and exist in this world where they are attempting to uh, clamp down on all of us and, uh, and maintain some semblance of authority and control over us or to exercise it um, for future purposes. And this, uh, this, this, this genuinely manufactured disease that um, um, was released as a bioweapon in a planned pandemic against America and the world. That's that, ladies and gentlemen. For anyone who has questions, anyone who has concerns, anyone who has a glimmer of, um, you know, a flutter of an eyelid at awakening, send them this episode. Uh, you can do so by sharing the link. Highly effective if you go over to pilled.net and you look up this episode and click on it. Specifically, this is episode 177, um, which is, of course, also uh, Wednesday, October 5th, 2021. The Sea Report COVID-19 Patriot Information Super Spreader. Let your people know about it. Put it in your social links. And if you like the work that you do, we do here at the Sea Report, we'll most definitely just, uh, you know, let them know about the show. Check us out over at the podcast, anchor.fm slash the C report, uh, listening to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. That's right. Whatever platform you like, except for iHeartRadio, you can find the C report, follow it or subscribe. It's always free and it gives some support to uh, the work that I do here at the C report, Mr. C TV and the Mr. C channel. And uh, thank you all again for tuning in. Also, before I go, make sure you check out the uh, facelifted thecreport.com. That's our website, www.thecreport.com. Just gave it a facelift the other day, and uh, we'll keep on developing uh, some stuff over there as we go. Deplora Laura, my my uh, my sweet, you have a great night. Thank you for hanging out over at Twitch. For those of you over at Clout Hub, thank you for tuning in as well. And as always. Ladies and gentlemen of the foxhole.app and pill.net, thank you so much for uh, joining us this evening. We will be back again tomorrow, as always. I don't know what tomorrow will bring, uh, but uh, we'll definitely be here for you guys. And uh, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, as there is more to come at Mr. CTV and the Mr. C channel. Got a lot of stuff in mind, and uh, it'll probably kick off in Vegas. But we'll see about that. In the meantime, thank you again for donating the cookies and the uh, sh uh, the cookies and the cans and the shades and everything over there at uh, the Foxhole on the Pill app. If you're listening over on Podcast Land, or if you're hanging out over in Twitch or Clout Hub, uh, the uh, the um, cookie and can and uh, you know red a gold pill reference. Uh, that is that is in regards to a um, a means that uh, um, the audience over at the pilled.net and the foxhole.app um, have for um, uh, showing appreciation towards the show and supporting the show because we are a listener and viewer and audience supported show here. No sponsors. It's just you guys. You guys are my sponsor and my word of mouth. 
so uh, many thanks to the friends over at Pilled and Foxhole. If you would like to support the C Report or Mr. CTV over at um, Clout Hub or at Twitch.tv, uh, you can always slip into my Cash App or slip into my PayPal. Um, no, no uh, gifted amount is too small. No gifted amount is too wide. And uh, again, that will go back into supporting the work I do here. And um, you can also even uh, subscribe and make uh, donations over at the anchor.fm slash the C report website for the podcast. But uh, I think that's all I've got to say for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. You guys have a great night. We'll see you all tomorrow. And uh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, be safe, be blessed, and God bless America. We'll see you tomorrow.